here. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. We're back oh. with some Vampire the Chicago Chronicles. Tonight's episode is entitled The Gazing Abyss. Because you know what they say gaze into the abyss, it will gaze back. Vampire the Masquerade is a dark game, personal horror. You will hear descriptions of gore, depravity, addiction, coercion, and other adult themes. This is not D&D, it's not even Call of Cthulhu. This is a game where we play monsters of the night who do monstrous things. And with that content warning out of the way, let us begin. Yes. Early August in the Windy City, several weeks have passed since you learned of the outbreak of the Blood Plague, traced its origin to the Second Inquisition, and tracked down Patient Zero, the Malkavian member of Baby Chorus, Stan. You found him within his haven, an old bomb shelter, defeated him in combat and staked him, fulfilling your promise to the Sheriff Adrian, the Sheriff Damien to bring Stan in alive, unharmed, so that he may be cured. Your lives, or rather your unlives, have continued pretty much as normal since then, though there are a few unanswered questions that linger in the back of your minds. You know that the Second Inquisition is behind the blood virus, but where did they procure this virus? Where did it come from? And what of the vaccination clinic that Barry discovered? The place where you suspect all of the original patients were originally infected with the pathogen. pathogen. It is a relatively normal night. You're all within your haven. It's about 9pm. You've only been awake for just over an hour and a half or so. And before you decide to head out into town to begin your nightly activities, you're just arranging all of your possessions in your haven. Barry is reorganising the newly expanded armoury. Roger... Now full of silence weapons. Now full of silence mm -hmm. weapons, yes, and AK-47s. Yes. Dear God. Roger <laughs> like is... Matrix. Yeah, like oh. Matrix stuff. Like, like in the Matrix with all the gun racks. Guns. Guns. Yeah. Lots of guns. been expanded to. Hells yeah. Enough to arm anyone in the Coterie for any situation. Um... Roger, you have been... You have spent the night so far at your desk, in your bedroom, uh, rifling through paperwork you've brought from your workplace, things that are relevant to your sire, deciding just what you're going to devote your attention to and what you're going to leave for someone else. And Greg, you are busy in the basement. You've bought a couple more training dummies, and you've been practicing your skill 
with firearms now that Barry has brought some silenced pistols from an unknown source and added them to his armory, you've taken to practicing with these weapons and increasing your skill and you now specialize in handguns. So you've spent the night so far shooting silenced handguns at the training dummies, activating your fortitude discipline and ramming yourself at the dummies at full speed, trying to see if they can pierce your fortitude. You are a Ventru, but who says that Ventru can't learn how to take care of themselves when shit hits the fan? <laughs> Suddenly, you all hear the sound of a great knocking, knock, 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 on the front door of your haven. Even though the haven, for everyone who would look at it from outside, appears to be nothing more than a run-down, abandoned townhouse in Chicago's west side, you have at least taken the time to install new doors and windows, reinforce them to prevent just anyone, to prevent the wayward urban explorer or homeless person from creeping into your haven. And so whoever's knocking clearly knows who lives here and is trying to get your attention. Who would like to open the door? Or is there anything else you'd like to do first? Well, on the second floor, so I'm working on there's going to be guys downstairs that can get the door, so I'll join them in a second. Yep, so Barry Archer, would you like to... I will grab a um, silenced pistol and hold it behind my back. Yep. So Barry, as I open the door, grab a silenced pistol. You make your way towards the front door and you pass the kitchen. You hear the dogs, the guard dogs growling. But this doesn't signal that whoever's on the other side is an enemy. They growl at everything. And Alexander is once again not in tonight. And so you hold the silenced pistol behind your back and then you grab the doorknob and pull the door open, ready to raise the gun, whoever's on the other side. But you do not need to, for standing on the other side is a teenage boy, dark skinned, no older than 15 or 16. Instantly recognize him as Damien, the sheriff. Oh. He doesn't greet you. <laughs> yep. Oh, yes, good. He knows works. where we live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he takes no notice of your reaction, that momentary spasm of shock and terror that he knows where you live. He doesn't wait for you to greet him. He doesn't wait for you to invite him inside. He just steps over the threshold, slams the door shut behind him, strolls over to a moth-bitten armchair, in what used to be the lounge room, takes a seat and stretches, yawning. He says okay. nothing. He says nothing and then looks over at you and says, Rest of the coterie in? Uh, I'll un go remove the bullet from the gun and go, yep, I'll go get them. You retrieve the rest of the coterie. 
few minutes later, you're all meeting in the lounge room, standing in front of Damien, who's reclined his feet up on the dusty wooded coffee table. He looks at each of you in turn, and then he smiles, and he says, Okay, let's say this part of town isn't really my stomping ground anymore, so I'd like to be out of here as soon as possible. So let's cut to the chase. He says, the blood virus in Stan has been cured. It took a few weeks, but some thin blood friends that owe me a favor were able to concoct some alchemical solutions that purged the virus from his blood. He's a bit dazed, perhaps some of his disciplines are a bit weaker than they were before he was infected, but he's fine. He knows that you saved him, and he told me to pass along a message that if you ever have any need of him, he'd be happy to grant you a boon. Stan, hmm. Stan's smile turns to a frown, and he says, This is where shit hits the proverbial fan, though. You see, in the process of curing Stan, my friends made a startling discovery. The blood virus, as you perhaps suspected, is not natural. It's been modified so that it can infect kindred biology, or, <laughs> you know, lack thereof. What's um, concern? Yep, yes, Barry? I was gonna say... Uh, when he finishes explaining, if he doesn't say this, I want to tell him about the conversation I heard from the Inquisition people that we slaughtered, um, and that they said that it... And, like, everything that I know about it, like, the fact that they said that it was from the... Not the blood bank, the... The um, vaccination clinic, yeah. That's it, the vaccination clinic, and that it's, it's second Inquisition made. Yeah. And that, uh... Did they have Patient Zero? I can't remember they if they did had Patient have Zero. Patient, they did have Patient Zero. Patient Zero was supposedly Stan. Uh, oh, that's right. Feeding upon one of the... That's right. Yeah, feeding upon one of his... Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Heard. Yeah, so when he finishes his explanation of everything, if he hasn't mentioned that, I will tell him that. Because we didn't have the time to tell him about it the other night. He just smiles and he says, you're on top of things, Barry. I remember you mentioned the vaccination clinic, so I kept an eye on it for you. And, well, here's where you'll be interested. My friends discovered what was used to attenuate the virus to kindred biology. Thin blood alchemy. He just smiles, shakes his head, and says, So, of course, I could have taken this to Prince Jackson, but you all helped me out with Stan. You did me a solid, so I thought I would come and give you the heads up. Thin blood alchemy has been used in the creation of this virus. Now, if this secret gets out to the rest of the Camarilla, particularly to Prince Jackson, or even to the Bruja Primogen, Critias. Well, that would be, I think, 
an excellent excuse to begin to purge the city's thin blood population. Prince Jackson and Critias have been both chomping at the bit for a while now, just waiting for the right excuse. He says, so, I brought this information to you. No doubt, within the next couple of nights, I will have to turn this information over to Prince Jackson, but I'm giving you a head start. If you uncover the source, the origin of this virus, and why Thin Blood Alchemy has been used in its creation, perhaps you might be able to find evidence to clear the name of your kind. Of course, I will be hoping that you succeed. I'm not really well liked amongst the Anarchs anymore, but I do still have a few Thin Blood friends and I'd rather not have to help smuggle them out of the city. Mm. He sighs. He says, Barry, you informed yes. me of the vaccination clinic, and I think I agree with you. I think this is the origin point of the infection. I've been keeping an eye on it. I've... If I were to offer a bit of advice, I think that sneaking into that clinic would be the first place for you to begin your investigation. However, I'm told that in the weeks since you rescued Stan, the Inquisition have doubled down on their efforts to protect whatever secret is contained inside the vaccination clinic, and they have a full squadron of agents guarding the facility. I've been told at least four. Four squadrons or four people? Four people. An entire four squadron. People. Okay. Hmm. He says, I'm told there might be security cameras, other measures of the like. So if you do go to sneak in, I won't lie, it's going to be dangerous. Alternatively, oh. There may be someone else who might be willing to help. You see, that's I, I I'm as the sheriff, I have better things to do than to spend my time staking out a clinic. No, I tasked the Banu Hakim with monitoring this clinic. And all of my intel comes from them, as they've been the ones who've been watching the site. They may be willing to sneak in, perform the dangerous task of investigating the clinic for you, but be advised the Banu Hakim never act for free. They will almost certainly demand some sort of payment. Even from I, the sheriff, I owe, uh, I owe Speaker Cardia a boon that I have to undertake later tonight. Hmm. He shrugs, he stands up out of the chair, he surveys each of you in turn, and he says, Well, now, I'd best get back to downtown. I'm expected at the Succubus Club, the Primogen, are holding court there tonight. Before I leave, I suppose I can answer a few questions. If you feel there's anything, any information that I haven't covered, he gestures for you to... Regale him with any questions you may have. So, we know that the vaccination clinic has upped its security. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. And that that's where he also believes the origin of it is. Mm -hmm. He believes Uh, that it must be because otherwise why would they have upped the security? That's true. Yeah, that's fair. And he said that if we want any more information on that, we need to go to the Banu Hakim. Because they're the ones that have been... He said said either you could try to sneak in yourself, which would be dangerous, but, you know, you could probably do it. Or you can approach the Banu Hakim, who are the ones he's had staking it out. And they may be able... They may be willing to sneak in for you or provide more information. But he advises you that you will most likely have to give them something in return. That makes sense. Mm. Okay. No, I personally have enough to work on to start off with, so if the others have questions, go ahead. Mm, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, though. Roger will stand up and look at him and go, you know you're taking a great risk bringing this to us and hiding this information from the uh, Camarilla. If nothing else, I thank you for this. Damien just nods, he smiles, and he says, I'll take the information to Prince Jackson this time tomorrow night, so you have a 24-hour head start. Use it well. With that, he strolls out of the lounge room, opens the front door of your haven, steps out into the cold, windy night outside, slamming the door shut behind him. Hmm. Well, before we do anything tonight, I think I had best feed. If I'm going to use any of my good powers for this. Probably need to feed. Does anyone else Mm. wish to feed? Um, I'm actually only sitting at one, so I'm I'm pretty good personally. So is Greg, because Greg fed from one of the agents last session, so he's also at one. So he doesn't need to feed, so it looks like it's um, just Barry there. Uh, actually, did I feed on someone who was scared at the end of last session? No, you did not. The no, last... so I do need to feed, okay. Yeah, the last person you fed from was your ghoul. You're also your touchstone. And That's she was right, not, yeah. She was not she, scared. She was not scared, okay. I need to get someone terrified for my plan to work. Yes. Because... Uh, I did manage to level up before this session. Yes. And wouldn't you know it, the two skills that you get from level three obfuscate work perfectly for this infiltration. Uh, <laughs> yes. But just so you say? know, the resonance that you got from your ghoul was choleric, which enhances uh, celerity and potence. No, I think uh, stealth is what's going to get me through this today, not yes. fast uh, movement or... Uh, what is it? What even is potence? Uh, potence is... Oh, strength. Yes, yeah, strength. Uh, and level one of it is your unarmed attacks deal aggravated damage to mortals, and you also bypass a number of armor uh, equal to your potence rating, oh which would be one in this instance. Uh, blood. Oh. While that would be useful at different times, no, I'm going to need yeah. melancholic so that I can get my third level of obfuscate. Yep, as yeah, for... Yeah, this is a stealth mission. It is a stealth mission. As for Roger yeah, and Greg, Roger, you currently have a phlegmatic resonance, 
from one of from when you last fed on the one-eyed king's servant, and this will boost your all specs yep. and dominate, granting an extra dice yeah. to both. And oh, well, that's good. This is like yeah, exactly. And Greg has melancholic resonance, which grants an extra dice to his fortitude. So yeah, so Barry, you'd like to go out and feed? Yeah, I for the sake of time. Can I just say that I go and scare someone, yep. or do you well, want me to still? We'll just do a feeding roll. So your yep. predator type is alley cat. So you will need to make a wits streetwise uh, check, please. I'm sorry. Wits streetwise. Wits streetwise. Wits and. And if you uh, like to activate gonna... obfuscate, you may add any dice of that to the pool. Yeah, I'm going to go Silence of Death and Unseen Passage, so that makes it a roll of four. Forward slash V, four, one. Uh, hold on, no, that only rolled one dice. Oh, yeah, VR, slash VR, one, and then your hunger. Uh, yeah, VR, dice pull, then hunger is how it works. Yeah, my Discord froze on me. Oh, uh, yep. So it, it only got the VR one instead of... Oh, yep. Well, and then that one didn't work. That one didn't work for some reason. I'll roll it here because I just saw it in time. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. There we go. That is a three, three successes. successes. So, leave the others in the haven to prepare. You step out into the cold, windy streets. Spend about half an hour to 40 minutes prowling around your domain. You meet a few homeless people. You briefly feel the temptation to feed from them. They're easy targets, but... You remember that they belong to Roger, and so uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you pass them by, and eventually, after about 50 minutes, you hear a woman screaming from a nearby alley. You hone your attention on this, and silent as death, invisible, make your way to a nearby alley. You see a white man wearing. You see a white, pale white-skinned man with dishevelled blonde hair, uh, pointing a snub-nosed 38 revolver at a woman. Give us the bag. Give us the money. He, he growls to her as she continues screaming, looking around for anyone's help. Uh, I'll use rapid reflexes. To getting close and whack the gun out of his hands. Yep. Please make a thing. Please make a strength brawl check. Okay. Uh, am I adding rapid reflexes to that? Uh no. That will nope. just fair if enough. He sees you coming, he'll get a penalty on each shot. No. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, strength brawl. Did you say yes? That yes. is three. Uh, I'm going to rouse the blood. Yep. Uh, that's a D, uh, D10, and it's above a 6, isn't it? It is, it is. Yep, there we go, there's a D10. Uh, uh, that is a 7. That's a 7, yep. Please, seven. anyone, stammers the woman. Shut up, okay, so shut the four, fuck one. up, says the man. Make one more sound, uh, I'm gonna splatter your brains over this wall. Well, this is gonna work out in my favour, I've got a messy critical. Lovely. <laughs> something, something snaps inside you. The beast barks. Kill him. Take him now. Take him. You rush 
forwards, not even bothering to maintain your stealth. He hears your footsteps, he whirls around, sees something, perhaps only a flickering shadow running towards him. The woman screams and runs away while he raises his gun, fires, but because of your rapid reflexes, misses. You ram your body into him, slam him into the wall, and then without waiting, rip out your knife, slit his throat violently, the blood gushing out, painting your face, and you drink it up within seconds, draining him fully. Please reset your hunger to zero. And that was indeed a melancholic resonance. Awesome. Now I have Ghost in the Machine. Yes. Oh, I love that anime. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, uh, do you do anything with his body or do you just leave it there? Um, what is in the alleyway that we're in? You look around the alleyway. It's a normal enough alleyway. There's a couple dumpsters, some trash cans. The alleyway is scattered. It is littered with debris and rubbish um dump him in a um dumpster and then dump some of the trash can contents on top of him yep you walk over to the dumpster lift the lid toss him in and then empty a trash can covering him with old food wrappers cans and scraps you shut the dumpster lid you look around for any sign of the woman but she is well and truly gone and you only hope that she gets home, that she got away safely. But duck, it's late. She was scared. She doesn't know what she saw. Yeah. <laughs> so you turn around. You return to the haven to find the other two members of the coterie prepared for the stealth mission. I'm going to take with me the stake launcher. Yep. And a silence pistol. Um, so the others, there's three more silence pistols and three AKs in the armory that they can take as well as they wish. So Roger and Greg, what weapons would you like to take? Um, There's also a second ballistic cloth vest in the armory as well, because we now have a second armory. Yes, that's right. That is two two points of armor for whoever wears that. Does Barry want that? Because otherwise I'll take it if he's not... Well, Barry, Barry's already got one. Oh, he already has? No, oh, so yeah. not Barry. Um, yeah. Well, Greg's Greg. got, with his current blood residence, he's sitting on three fortitude, so... Ah, okay. Well, I mean, I have two fortitude, so I'll happily take a vest. Lovely. So, um... So, I suppose you probably each want to take silenced pistols? Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyone want to take an AK-47? Or you think we'll be fine with just oh, silence? Yeah. Alright, so yep, Roger, uh, Greg, you take an AK-47, swing it over your shoulder. There are no shotguns, it's only AKs and handguns in uh, um, Roger's And my 308, but no one touches my 308 yeah. rifle. Um, what kind of damage does a silence pistol do? Uh, uh, plus three. Yeah, plus three, yep. Like that in to the gun, and I'll just write armor somewhere. Yep, two points of armor. So, Roger, you lift up your suit jacket and place the and put the ballistic vest on, uh, putting it 
nice and snug under your suit jacket and then closing your jacket so that the armor is concealed underneath. You take a silenced pistol and insert it into the holster on the other side of your jacket inlaid next to your breast pocket. And Greg takes a silenced pistol of his own and then grabs an AK-47, straps it over his shoulder, and you are ready for a night on the town. So are you going <laughs> to head to the vaccination clinic? Or I love that. <laughs> are you going to head straight to the vaccination clinic, or is there anywhere you'd like to go first? Anyone you'd like to speak to? Um, would it, before we leave, could I perhaps procure... Procure, is that the right word? Yes, procure. Uh, can I please take maybe three bottles of alcohol? Just yes. spirit. What are the high spirits we have? Um, well, no. you don't actually have any alcohol of your own, but on the way to the vaccination clinic, it'll be very easy to like stop into a corner store or something and buy oh, some. Beautiful nature volatives. Yes. Oh, good idea. You you do realize the word stealth? Yes. But just just well, making sure. To be fair, if you got this cause of distraction, I can get in. A lot easier. Well, that is, true that well. is a very big distraction. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the I mean he's had a line, but he's got a point. He's got a point, yeah. It's a, it's a distraction. I love that line. And it would it's work. Not just so much distraction, it's, it's basically saying, hey, it's a backup plan. Yeah, if, if, if shit hits uh, the bear, which it probably will, at least you have some will. heavy ordinance. Yeah. That said, we're taking guns with us. Or we're going to a vaccination clinic, a testing site. <laughs> that oh, is. your COVID? Well, I, mean, I was going to say, to be fair, two of us have concealed silence weapons. Yeah. You're the only one with rocking around with three Molotov cocktails and an AK-47. I feel and, like someone's going to stand in a tad more here. And keep in mind, <laughs> Molotovs make fire. And when vampires see fire, they freak out, so... It's going yeah. to be a last resort, but no, that's fair. That's fair. Not a bad idea. Um, um, if we have the ability to stop in some, would there be anywhere open late at night that might sell just basic? Uh, what year is this? Two thousand eight. We're in August of two thousand eight. Do they have the Bluetooth headsets yet? They do. They do. Uh, I would like to buy three Bluetooth headsets on the way there. Yep. So that we can have our phones activated the entire time. That's a good idea. So mm. you are not going to meet with the Banu Hakim? You're just going to go there yourself, see see what the prospects are? Harry's mm. thought process on this is the less people that we get involved, the faster we can do this. Because we only have one night. Yep. Mm. So you leave your haven, you shut the door, lock it behind you, clamber into rogers mercedes and make your way through the rundown streets of chicago west side passing under the route 90 overpass and ahead of you you see the glimmering glass city that is downtown chicago beyond it the inky black sea that is lake michigan you make your way into this into this metropolis that beckons you with the light like a moth to a flame. 
the part of town where the Camarilla movers and shakers plots and scheme. A part of town where still, even after two years of undeath, you feel unwelcome. To you, it makes perfect sense that perhaps the origin of the current threat against kindred kind is here in the midst of this sea of brightly glowing lit up skyscrapers mm. you make your way along west madison street crossing the river and you see a corner store lit up on the corner of a city block you choose this particular corner store as there doesn't appear to be much business here tonight park your car on the sidewalk the only car in front of this store and head in i would like both barry and greg to please roll their resources that is you may add your charisma and any resource dots you have as dice to the pool and hunger will not play into this check so charisma and resources. Resources. I'll roll that for Greg. I can I can't imagine why you're not asking me to roll this, because that almost seems unfair at that point. Well you're not buying anything. <laughs> that is true. I got one success. One success. And oh, you, sorry. Yep. Mine Greg got two successes. I got one as well. So you head into this corner store it's the, the neon sign blinking in the night simply reads mike's grocery and everything else you head inside <laughs> head inside and greg immediately makes his way to the counter at the back orders three bottles of top shelf uh whiskey while you browse through the aisles uh, you, the the bright fluorescent lights of the store making you feel somewhat uncomfortable as you search for bluetooth headsets the lights are not going to harm you but you've come to associate bright lights with the inquisition and so you search quickly managing to locate three bluetooth headsets paying for them as soon as you can and then rejoining the others in the car. You set up the Bluetooth headsets, making sure a single headset is uh, synced with everyone's phones while Greg sits in the back seat adding cloths to the bottles of whiskey and then stowing them underneath the passenger side seat ready to grab at a moment's notice. Then, you continue your drive. Roger turns on the engine, and the Mercedes makes its way through downtown. Down West Washington Street, towards Magdon Pharmaceutical District, where the vaccination clinic awaits. Yeah, I just realised I have day drinker. Do you? I oh, forgot about that. Oh, so you can be <laughs> active during the day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear God. I forgot that I took that. The, Sorry. You, you're active. So, <laughs> how, so how, you, Wade. so how, <laughs> how Day Drinker works is it means that he can wake up during the day 
and operators it means that sunlight actually doesn't harm him at all all it does is prevent his powers from from working and it just halves my health tracker while i'm yes, in the sun while you're in the sun yeah yeah but that's still a massive boon though <clears throat> it you... is oh and i can't use my disciplines yeah you can't use your disciplines yeah, and your health but... is halved no yeah they, they can still go out and yeah. do stuff yeah it doesn't kill you yeah that alone is <laughs> i was just looking through completely derail what you were saying but i was just looking through my merits i was like i was wanting to see if i, I was going to ask you if i could take it later using experience but no you've already got it that's gonna be very useful that's gonna be very useful in the next two sessions actually yeah that's insane man and it also well, makes, have fun with that it also explains a lot more in context of your sub episode that you were probably like spending all day watching that apartment yeah. as well yeah. that's not creepy i also have lifelike so yeah for all well. intents and purposes i am still a human yeah yeah <laughs> what would you do today <laughs> Anyway, sorry. So, you, <laughs> you arrive at the vaccination clinic. It's nothing more than a square-shaped, single-story brick building with a sign reading Magadon Pharmaceuticals General Practice on a big metal sign sitting attached to a chain-link fence that circles the parking lot outside the clinic. Across the road from the clinic is a public-use parking lot taking up almost the entire city block. There is a row of streetlights lining the centre of this parking lot, but the rest of it, for all intents and purposes, is shrouded in shadow. Where would you like to park your car? Or would you like to just drive past first and get a good look at what see if you could see yeah, it yeah might, might just do a quick uh, drive by just to get yeah it. drive by might work best yep like look and at the front yeah the front yeah, and then post oh sorry do you, do you want to drive yeah, around the block see if you can get all of you of all back yeah do like a lap of the block well. yeah lap of the block get like you know look at the front maybe get a quick glance down the the side alleys just in case yep Basically, Steve, we can see where all the guards are. Yep. So, as uh, as Roger slows down, then the car drives around the block. You survey the vaccination clinic from all sides, pressing your faces against the windows, trying to <laughs> see anything on the anything that would help you. I would like uh, all of you to please make uh, a wits awareness check, and I'll roll that for Greg. That's a dice pool of six. Hey, I have a dice pool of six as well. I have four. Four successes. So that's three um, successes oh, wow. for Greg. Uh, I got three. Oh, wait. So how does it work if you get two tens? Two tens. Two ten. um, so if you get two tens. Uh, that is a critical, so those two tens become a third ten. Okay, in that case, I got four tens, because that was a... Yeah, I rolled five, ten, seven, and ten. You hone your vampiric senses, watching for any signs of movement in the empty parking lot or inside the clinic itself. 
the windows uh, the windows barred shut, the blinds pulled down, but you can see cracks of light underneath. You peer at these cracks of light to see if you could see by any chance a single shadow pass by here or there. And after you've made a full full drive around the block, you discover the following. There appear to be at least two entrances to the clinic itself. The main entrance, double glass doors at the front, just beyond the parking lot. You see two men wearing black suits, standing guard in front of these doors. There is also a back entrance, a single metal door around the back, facing the street. In front of it, there's about five feet of concrete footpath, and then a gate in the chain-link fence that connects directly to the street. You think you see a padlock attached to the door. You can't be sure at this distance. What you can be sure of is that there is a single white security camera fixed in place above this back entrance, surveying the entrance and the footpath connecting to the street. Across mm. the road from the clinic, the public parking lot awaits a big expanse of Shadow and darkness lit only by the row of street lights that run through its centre. You see a couple of angular shapes indicating that there are some cars parked in that parking lot. But without a light source, without entering the parking lot yourself, you cannot tell whether they are occupied or indeed what types of vehicles they are. What would you like to do? Mm. Mm, well, I guess mm. park in the car park, I guess? Yep. Mm. So, you point towards the car park to Roger and he turns the wheel turning into the car park across the street from the clinic. He turns off the headlights, reverses the car into a single parking lot, shrouding it in shadow, unless you want to park right under the street lights, which I don't suppose you want to. No. No. That much I can definitely agree to. Reverse into one of the parking spots, the car shrouded in shadow, and then you turn off the engine. As you all climb out of the Mercedes, as your feet touch down on the asphalt, I would ask you all, once again, to please make a wits awareness check. And I will be rolling for something else. Oh no. Uh, I've got a critical six, so... Critical six? Very well. Yeah, so... Yeah. I got one. Got one, and let me roll for Greg. Three, uh, six, one. 
and two successes for Greg. And remember, Roger, you do have your heightened senses if you'd like to add, Ooh. turn that on and add an extra dice to any of these rolls. Yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind for the next one. Yep. Okay, so... Also, we've got to remember that we have willpower that we can spend. I yes, learned about that in my suburb. So. You can spend, you can <laughs> well, spend willpower, inflicting a point of superficial willpower damage on yourself to re-roll up to three non-successful dice. Oh, well, that's a handy feature. Yes, but you are impairing yourself that. as it is willpower damage. To do oh, this. yeah, no, 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 I understand. That's... Mm. So you make your way through the parking lot and you turn and look at several of the vehicles that are parked, shrouded in shadow. You notice that one of them has the size and shape of a van, but you do not see anyone inside. It's difficult to get a look from here, but inside you see only darkness. The only way to tell for sure would be to actually approach the vehicle. Uh, they did say that there were four mm. guards that have been hired. It would not surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they have two at the door and then two that are monitoring a survey, monitoring that camera that's looking at the back door and ready to be called upon. Mm. So... So the thing that I'm thinking is we can do whatever we need to do tonight um, because then all f three of us can act together or I could potentially come back mid-morning when they potentially think that the threat is over or they're a little bit lax because they know that Kindred can't Be come out during the day. Yes, but it puts you in a very dangerous position if anything goes yes, wrong. Yes, it does there. put me in a very dangerous position. However, the other thing is they do have Thin Blood in their employ, apparently. And if the and if I'm unlucky, one of their Thin Blood may know about the ability for Thin Blood, some Thin Bloods to yes. walk around in the day. Yeah, big old gamble on that one. If you wanted to risk your cover being blown, you could dispatch whoever's in the van right now, if indeed there is someone in there. I could go to the back door and attempt to break the lock. And if that elicits a response, then you two can take out whoever's in the van. If indeed there is someone in the van. But that being said, that also does rely on us willing to let them know that we're here. You have hmm. silenced handguns, though, so it is possible to do this without a disturbance if you're clever. Hmm. I'm going to activate all three of my obfuscate skills. Yep. Which is silence, invisibility, and now I do not turn up on cameras. Yep. And please Ooh, make the rouse checks required. Yeah. Uh, uh, doing none of them do, actually. Actually, really? yeah, I think 
Uh, let me just uh, double check. Let me just, yeah, let me just double check. Cloak of Shadows, uh, Silence of Death, uh, free. Free. Uh, unseen, unseen Passage requires one, but Ghost in the Machine is also uh, free. It does too. Yes. Ghost in the Machine. All he's doing that, I might activate um, my heightened senses to see if I can pick up anything else. Yes. Okay, so you activate your heightened senses. Suddenly, the darkness becomes brighter as your vampiric eyes focus, take in that dim ambient light and amplify them. The area becomes lit up in shades of grey. Please make another wits awareness check and you may add to your ore specs as an extra dice. Uh, my rouse is an eight, so... Eight, yes. Also, oh, you can actually that see is... me while I'm doing this too. Yeah, that is. <laughs> it's all specs. Okay, so that's yeah. I rolled five, got five successes. That's lovely. In... Wow. So you actually can't see uh, Barry, not with heightened senses, sense the unseen. Ah, uh, but ah, uh, right. You see Barry. You see Barry take a step forward, and then he seems to blend into the darkness, loses physical form in your eyes, and is nothing more than a dim shadow creeping <laughs> towards the van. You and Greg stay standing at the Mercedes as you watch the van, and you determine there is nobody sitting in the front seat of the van, but you do see a small black camera mounted on the dashboard, pointed and pointed out the front of the van and surveying the portion of the parking lot directly in front of the van. It is by sheer luck that you just happens to are just beyond the edge Ooh. of the camera's field of vision. Oh, lucky. Well, either way, I will very quietly update Barry on that one just so he. Mm. And this is why I got. This is why I got the Bluetooth yes, headsets. Well, well <laughs> um, okay. Well, with my invisible and Ghost in the Machine ability, I'm going to try and see into the back of the van. Yep. Through any windows, or even looking through the front windscreen. I would like you to into please make a deck stealth check. You may add two dots of obfuscate. Okay, so that is four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine. Five successes. Five successes to four successes. Ooh. If there oh, was, if there was someone in the van as you creep towards it, if there is someone in the back of the van viewing the monitor, watching the cameras, he would see nothing more than a staticky disturbance, the a wavering staticky part of the image as you creep towards the van. Nothing more. And so you reach the van, peer through the driver's side window, and you can see that you can see from here that the back of the van appears to have been turned into some sort of electronic surveillance center. You can see the light of several uh, several television monitors mounted to the wall of the inside of the van, and you could just make out the shadow of a single agent monitoring them. Single agent, okay. Um, I'm going to back away a few meters from the van so that I can talk without 
risking dropping my silence of death, and I'm going to update the others that there's one person in the van. So we now have a count of three of the guards. The fourth remains unaccounted Ooh. for. And we have to remember, though, that these guards were more um what did he say they were from an actual task force yes so these so guys these guys are more dangerous than the ones you face yeah so it's not just the regular goons who didn't know what they were getting themselves into uh, what we could do is go to the back of the van and then have two people rip open the doors while the third uh, with one hand each, just and then all three of us just fire into it with our silence pistols. But that does risk... I mean, anything we do is going to risk setting off an yeah. alarm. The thing yeah. is, so whoever is going to open the doors also has to sneak up to the van. Oh, I've got a question, though. Is the van unlocked? Well, I mean, you could try it. Uh, yeah, I know, but we would need to be in position for that to work. Yeah. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, I don't the person do... to open the doors. Yeah, I I don't do stealth. I don't need to. No, you don't. Um, not my thing. Uh, back doors of vans. Do they have one of those sticky uppy locks, or are they uh, different? I'm trying to remember, like in real life, to see if it helps. They don't. They don't have a. They don't have a. Uh, like a. They don't have a button. Yeah, no. They, yeah. They, just, they just have a normal key lock. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there like a partition between the seats of the front and the back, or is it just like one open van? Just, from what you can tell, it just appears to be one open space. There is no partition. They probably have removed it to make room for some of the equipment. So I... I am going on the assumption that because these guys are better trained, I'm not going to be able to take them out by myself quickly enough. Possibly not. Which means that at least one of you guys is going to need to get close to help. Yeah, we can't exactly just leave this one guy because if they're surveilling this, there's a good chance that whatever they're you know, filming with is probably going back to someone. You see Greg just fold his arms, and Greg says, I don't know if I can sneak, but you can give him a load of presents. Give him, give him the scare of his lifetime, and he informs you about his presence discipline, how he has the daunt ability, which when he uses it, will terrify a mortal, and cause them to need to pass a composure and resolve check in order to actually make make action against them against him um, uh, this is probably a meta game question so you can just say you don't want to answer but would an action against him uh would calling over any potential headset that something's happening be an action against him uh, it may be, but if he's sufficiently okay. terrified, he may even pause at that. Can I ask Greg if it works over camera? Greg just shrugs. He says, well, I've only tried it in person, but 
All it's all, all it requires you... is for him to see me. All it requires. Uh, well, if that's the case, Greg could just pop in front of the camera with his ability going, which would give Roger enough time to get to the back door, and then we could both hopefully together open the door and overwhelm this guy. What do you feel about that, Roger? I mean, I can't promise anything, like, I'm not overly a combat person, so I can give it a go, but... Well, you oh, we... hold the door open, you've got your fortitude yeah. in case he takes a shot. I, I'm good in defense, it's, the defense is fine, it was more offense I don't have a lot working with. I think Barry's but... got that sorted. Well, that's good to know. You could open the door, I could dive in and try and slit his throat, or try and shoot him. True, or I could possibly dominate him to unarming himself just to help things yeah, out. That, yep, that could easy. work too. Because this is either going to go smoothly and no alarm set, or we're going to yeah. trigger an alarm. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a coin flip at this point. It's either pass yeah. fail. The other salute. The other thing is, I could try and walk in the front doors because I still resemble a non-kindred. Yeah, quite sharply. But, but the vaccination that would leave me alone. Yeah. Vaccination clinic's not open at this time of night. So uh, you have to talk your way in. Yeah, and either yeah. either way, this van has to go first. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, so let's, let's. So that seems like a good plan. So yeah, it seems like the best we've come up with. So Greg, yeah. so Greg just presses his knuckles together. You hear the crack of bones, and then he steps forwards into the view of the camera, and before. The man inside the van has a chance to do anything. You see his eyes glow red. He opens his mouth, baring his fangs and hisses. His fangs seem to grow longer in the dim light emanating from the front of the van. His skin turns dark. His skin turns dark grey as the blood is flushed out of his system. And this demon standing before the van simply eyes off the camera in the windscreen. And I will have Greg make an intimidate check, which I will do for him. He gets two, he gets, so that is six dice altogether. Now, remember, Dice Spot, this is Dale rolling, not M1. Be nice. <laughs> oh, that is. I'm sorry. Oh, yep, that is Okay, that is a critical seven successes. You all, you both, you all brace yourselves for the headlights to turn on, for the doors of the van to burst open, and the Inquisition agent to come out firing. But nothing happens. Perhaps, perhaps Greg's gambit play paid off, and the person inside the van is currently too terrified to act. And so Roger rushes forwards as Barry makes his way around to the back of the van and then Roger places his hand on the van door looks over at Roger and Roger do you nod to give the all clear? I give a quiet yes over the bluetooth because I'm still invisible yeah, yes. you whisper <laughs> yes Roger grabs the, grabs the door handle 
and you are very lucky because as he pulls it, it is unlocked. The door slides open, and on the other side, you see a woman with red hair, shoulder length, her gaze transfixed on the monitor in front of her, where you can see Greg standing in front of the van, nothing more than a mass of black shadow and glowing red eyes. She's just staring transfixed. I am going to try and get as close as possible to shoot her in as close to the head as possible. Yep. Try to get the try to get the kill shot as quick as possible. Yep. I'd like you to make a dex firearms check, please. Yeah, one, two, to show three, up in four, time to start shooting things. Seven. Well, the door was unlocked and you opened it for me. Yep. Oh, well, you're welcome. Uh, so there's none of my disciplines in this. Nope. You're just, just double checking. Okay. Cool. Your gun and seven. Can always three successes. Three successes. Uh, actually, I'm going to use one willpower. Yep. To re-roll three of those failures. All right. Because. We need this one, and so far it's going well. Total fucking failure! Oh dear. That doesn't matter, I still have three successes, I'm gonna hope that that's enough. Yep. You raise your gun, step into the very back of the van, and prepare to shoot her. I'm gonna roll her awareness. She got four successes. Of course. She hears the cock of the handgun, turns to the right, and places her hand in her coat to pull out a gun. However, she is still daunted by Greg's presence, and she's going to need to pass a Resolve Composure uh, roll with a difficulty of two in order to actually do anything. And so I'm going to roll for her now. Inquisitor has a mental dice pool of five, so she only has a dice pool of five for this. And Maybe that I is... Trying... Oh, never yep. mind. Oh, you can, yeah, you've, you've got time. I was going to say, could I try and dominate her before she has a chance to get the gun out? Or, you, well, like... you, you see her reach for the gun, but she only rolls one success. And huh, then. you just see her eyes grow wide with fear. And you see her eyes grow wide with fear as she turns her gaze back to the monitor where you still see the thing that is Greg projecting his daunting presence towards the van. She hesitates for just a moment, and that's all Barry needs. How many successes did you get on your firearms, Barry? Uh, my firearms was three. three. One critical, but I don't think yep. that counts unless it's two criticals. You fire your gun. Thunk! Thunk! One bullet hits her in the chest, the next in the head. She slumps over without making a sound and hits the floor oh. of the van with a big, with a loud thump. That went about mm -hmm. as well as we can go. Right. First things first, we need to disarm her, take any communications she has, and then gestures to the uh, monitors and stuff, work out what they're watching, and then destroy this so they can't keep any of it. It's a good idea. True, we need to destroy it quietly, though. Yes. yes. So, uh, does she have a headset on? You look over, she is indeed wearing a headset. 
Can I put it to my ear, trying not to make any sound, to hear if she is connected to anybody? Pick up the headset, place it over your head, and on the other side, you hear silence. And then about after about five seconds, you hear a male voice simply say, This is Agent C reporting. Another patrol, another patrol completed. Nothing out of the ordinary. Over. Okay. I put the headset down without making any sound. Are these the kind of headsets where you need to press a button to it is, yeah. transmit? We have to press okay, so, okay. Um, okay, guys, I don't know if they're expecting a response, but they've just completed a patrol. So whatever we're going to do here, we're going to do quick. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I don't know what their protocols are. They may be expecting a response from her. They may be not. Best case scenario, they just think she's being quiet. Worst case, they said someone to come check. So, so if you'd like to do a quick survey of what's in the van, please make an intelligence investigation check. Uh, may as well try. Oh, I'll definitely give that a go. Yep, go ahead. Uh, two successes for me. Two successes. Uh, three for me. So you quickly search the back of the van. You Van, back of the van is cramped. There's barely enough room for her to have been sitting with all the electronics equipment that squeezed in up against the walls. You determine that in terms of armament, all she has is her sidearm. Just a standard issue 9mm pistol. The only form of communication she appears to have is her headset. What's more interesting is what's depicted on the monitors. There are three monitors. One surveying the parking lot in front of the van, where Greg still stands. He's turned off his dawns now and is just lazily resting, leaning up against the front of the van. The second monitor is a view of the back door of the clinic, looking out at the street. Anyone who approaches through the back gate towards the door would be visible. The third monitor appears to be somewhere inside the clinic. From what you can tell, it's hung up in the corner of some sort of corridor. You can see polished white walls, white tiled floor, and in the corner opposite the camera, a green plastic fern. Beside that, a metal door with a sign simply reading medicine room and what appears to be some sort of complicated number lock. Uh, that's that's going to be... You watch for a moment, and you see a single man in a black suit pass by the camera, stand in front of the metal door for a few moments, then turn around and walk back the way he came. And I... Um, your heightened senses, mm-hmm. Roger, would you be able to see which buttons have been pressed the most? He might on a keypad uh, like on that? The panel, I mean, I'd probably have to get a look at the panel. Oh, yeah, we, we, yeah. To the panel. Okay. That's an excellent question, Mr. Keeper. Yeah, you can go ahead. Um, if you want, make another intelligence investigation check. Added extra dice from your heightened senses. Mm, okay. 
and I can do that now, and then uh, I thought we'd have to be like physically in front of the panel for it. But... Oh yeah, you'll stand in front. You'll go up to the panel and take a look. Okay, wait, so when we wait, get, wait. when we get there, that's what you would roll then. Yeah. Okay, so I'll roll uh, that when we get oh, there. Not now. Oh, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get there. Okay, that yeah. makes more um, sense. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, before sorry. we do anything else, um, can I destroy that small camera that's at the front that's been filming? Yeah. Um, Greg, because obviously we don't want to. Uh, you lean we don't want that forwards. getting out. You lean forwards and grab the tiny camera from the dash cam, and you just place it on the ground, point your silenced pistol up at it point blank, and pull the trigger, reducing the camera into shards of plastic. Immediately, the image on the second monitor turns to static. Now, is with the investigation, was there any way to see where this stuff's getting, if this stuff's being recorded somewhere, or...? Um, you can make an intelligence technology check, if you like. Uh, give it a go, I only have three for the intelligence, but... You can always rouse the blood if you need. Yeah, I might, I might need to do that. That is a pass on the rousing check. So many dice do I add to that? You add two it's dice. One. So Just... you have a dice pool of five altogether. All right, that sounds a little bit more friendly. Uh, three successes. Three successes. You shove the woman's corpse off the chair she was <laughs> sitting in, take a seat in it, and begin to examine the equipment. You see a laptop uh, set up on a folding plastic shelf underneath the monitors. You lean over it and begin to click through the various windows and from what you are able to tell all three of the cameras are not broadcasting to an outside source, rather all footage is simply being recorded to the laptop's hard drive. Ah, <laughs> oh, isn't that just a shame? I might, um... Hold on to this laptop if you yeah, have I was one. just the same, not destroy it. Uh, maybe we should. Yeah, no, no. I'll, I'll, I will. I will. I will just happily go. Hmm. A nice new. Uh, I did want to add some new uh, attachments to my office. Why not now? I just casually. Hmm. Would you, would you be able to possibly rewind some of that footage and see if someone enters that keypad door? He could try and need to make another technology check to do it. Uh, yeah, I could I could give it a go. We, I mean, how much time do we have to sit in this? All, yeah, you, well, you haven't alerted anyone, so you've got all the time in the world. All right, well, I'll just motion to Barry to keep an eye on the headset just in case anyone calls in. I will try. Yeah, I'll put the headset back on and listen. Rouse the blood again, because I really do need those extra two dice to help with this. Yep. <laughs> that is a seven, so that's a pass. Yeah, that's one downside of being a thin blood. I only get plus one. Yeah, you only get one. But... Your blood yeah, potency is zero. Yes. Oh, and your boyfriend. That's <laughs> uh, another three. Another three. You find a way to zoom the third camera in so that it so that it zooms right up close on the number lock. So if anyone does approach to activate the lock, you'll be able to see what combination they put in. However, 
rerouting it so that the camera will alert you when someone is on no, no. the screen that appears to be no we, no no we were looking no we were looking to rewind the camera oh, to try and see it. It. ah yes yeah rewind the footage yeah. to see if anyone's yeah. so gone takes, in there it takes about 10 15 minutes of playing around but you eventually find the folder where the previous footage is stored and open it up and there's footage from the last six hours you set it to run on 10 times the speed and i would like you to please make a wits awareness check to see if you detect any moments where someone approaches the door can i say that while i've got the headset on listening can i be watching over his shoulder yeah you can do that uh, can I use my heightened senses to help with that? Yes, you can. Okay, okay so... Uh, uh, I got two successes for this. Okay, um, um, hopefully that helps. Uh, I got four. You watch the footage for about three and a half minutes, and then you see, zooming onto screen, the shape of one of the guards pause the footage rewind it about 10 seconds and then play it at its normal speed and then you, you use uh, you use what you discovered before the ability to zoom in on the camera to zoom in on the footage you see the guard approach the door and enter the numbers 2248 2248 where's my pen where's my pen yeah yeah right that sucker down 2248. He grabs the the handle of the metal door, pushes it open, takes a brief look inside, then pulls it shut, and then lifts Mm. the handle again to make sure it's locked before he turns around and goes back the way he came. You should have left that door alone, friend. (laughs) You pause the footage, you pause the footage and leave it stuck on the frame of the guard uh, walking away. Uh, I, I very much know that we've gotten what we need out of this. I would very much like to actually take the laptop. Yep. So you just fold the laptop up and you, as you fold it up, you don't know much about technology, but as you heft it off the desk, you feel this laptop is quite heavy, much heavier than you expected a laptop to be. This mm. is clearly no normal laptop. This is some government issue top secret piece of equipment and so you look forward to taking a look at it later and finding out what it does do you want to just carry it back to your car put it in the boot of your car um ah crap i probably should have checked to make sure it wasn't being like you know tracked or anything before i just nick government property you can make another intelligent you can make another technology uh another technology (laughs) check if you like yeah yeah, we'll, we'll go, we'll go that. Well, rouse, again, rouse blood, yep. see how... Ah, that one's a failure, unfortunately. Yep, hunger too. Went to the well too many times. <laughs> but, that is not, we'll make it work. You flip the... Yeah, how Three. Many? Three successes. Three again. I you seem to be doing well with threes. You flip the laptop around and start studying its underside, and there, next to where the battery would go, you see a small square hole where it looks like a component was removed. And you wonder what this could be. And 
and you see a symbol carved into the hole. It is a symbol of an eye. And you determine that this compartment must be where a tracker would be if it had not been removed, likely because this laptop was permanently assigned to be used in this van as such the inquisition <laughs> so wait so this thing doesn't even have a tracker attached yeah, to it it's that they, they probably decided <sighs> that there was no need to track its location as it's always just going to be in this van ah so that is that was a fantastic decision you might as well have scraped steel me right on top of the freaking laptop <laughs> i will happily just uh pick that up and just nod to the others and start quickly walking back to the car and go back yeah. in the tick <laughs> <laughs> so you walk back to the car you open the boot carefully lower the laptop in and you smile going looking right forward, on my desk <laughs> looking forward to taking a good look at it later when you get back to the haven is there anything else you guys would like to do before you in the van or are you ready to head off to the across the road to the vaccination clinic itself i would just like to um sit the lady back up in the chair put the headset back on and make it look like you know head slumped forward a little bit so that in the dark when they first open up the door it just looks like she's asleep <laughs> with uh, Greg's help, you lift the woman up, place her on the seat, and have her slumped over. It looks like she's just fallen asleep, at least until you open the van and in the light inside see the blood pouring from the hole in the side of her skull. As you step out of the van and shut the door, you hear a voice come as you are about to remove the headset from your head, place it over her head, hear a voice coming in over the headset. Say, you know, they told us that blank bodies would be coming any day now, but it's been, what, two, three weeks, and we haven't had a single attempt at intrusion, the other voice says, as far as you know. The, origin, the voice who originally spoke says, yeah, as far as I know, but look, I got a bad feeling. You know, these blank bodies, sometimes they like to bide their time. Can't help but feel maybe they do have something planned. The second voice just laughs and says, Well, do your job, keep your eyes open, keep your hands on your weapon, and then blank bodies won't be able to do anything. Just remember, they get inside that medicine room. They got more. They they'll have bitten off more than they can chew. <laughs> the conversation stops. Right. Is there any indicator that indicates who was talking? Ah, uh, no, there is not. It's just the voices. Still, still uh, two thousand eight, man. They're not that far. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I like you thinking. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'll put the headset back on her and then. While we're heading back to the car to regroup before making our next move, I will inform the others over the headset what just transpired. Yep. You hear Greg just say, hmm, bit off more than we can chew, huh? That sounds like they're inviting us to break in. Or they might have another one of those lovely uh, infected friends like the one we fought the other night. Yeah, but one of the agents did look in. Yeah, I think. Out at him. I think if we open that door, I'm gonna have to be the one that looks in first. Might be a good idea. 
because I'm the most that likely to resemble a non-kindred. Mm, yes. So. Um, either way, at least they won't be able to track us anymore. So the cameras are essentially useless at this stage. Yeah. So yeah. front door or back door? My suggestion would be we go to the back door. If someone is strong enough to snap the lock, we can do that. Or we have silenced pistols, we can just shoot the lock. It might make a little bit of sound, but it would have to travel around the entire building. Yeah. It's unlikely anyone would hear it unless they were like mm. right on the other side of the door. I have no qualms with going in the back door. Yep. Greg just shrugs and says... Well, if you guys are going to head in, keep it all quiet, maybe I'll stay here by the car, just in case you need backup. And with his foot, you hear him kick one of the Molotov bottles. Fair enough. Uh, Roger, did that laptop need to be plugged in to be receiving the footage? It didn't appear so. Maybe. It was still broadcasting even after, it was still broadcasting after um, Roger lifted it up off the desk. Well, instead of uh, Greg Curry just sitting here waiting for something to happen, maybe he can at least be looking at it and tell us when the guard inside is not near the door. Ah, hmm. staring at the computer screen, says Greg. I thought I escaped this life when I turned into a <laughs> one more night, man, one more night. <laughs> he, un he opens up the laptop, places it on places it on the seat next to him, and switches between the three feeds over and over. So wouldn't it be two feeds like, now? Between the, yeah, have... between the three feeds. One's just static. <laughs> yeah. As he cycles through the... They don't, they don't appear to cycle in... They appear to always cycle in the same order, so he has to skip through the staticky screen to get to the other two. And he just says, Alright, I'll see if I can keep track of the guard who's inside there. See if I can uh, tell you when he's away from the door. Good luck, he says, as you shut the Mercedes door. And make your way across the street, looking left to right... A couple of cars pass by before you're able to cross the road. Downtown Chicago, always awake, much like the Kindred, seem to be seems to be most active at night. Wait for a break in the traffic, and then cross the road. Make your way around the chain link fence to the very back of the clinic. You reach for the chain link gate and carefully pull it open it, it makes a creaking sound in the silence of the night you step through and approach the approach the metal door that serves as the back entrance you're sure that Greg could see you right now on the laptop screen as the white camera peers down at you a red light blinking on the okay front. I'm I'm going to tell Greg that I'm activating my ghost in the machine um, and ask him if he can still see me. You hear Greg say, Well, no, no, image has glitched out. And, oh, no, wait a second. No, I can see Roger, but next to Roger, it's just 
just line of static. The line of static, like something's wrong with the image. No, no, you're you're good, buddy. He says. Awesome. Good, because we don't know if there's more cameras inside. Yeah. Going mm. elsewhere, like just the general vaccination security. Roger, you reach over to try the door, and of course it is locked, and there is a single industrial strength padlock hanging underneath the door handle. Hmm. Uh, what to do here? You could simply try to shoot it, or if anyone would like to pick the lock, you may make a dex uh, larceny check. Uh, I don't have anything in larceny, but I do have four dexterity, so... Yeah, I'm gonna just look over at, um, Barry and just gestures of the lock going, well... Yeah, I may as well try. We can always resort to shooting it later. Um, three successes. Three successes, and it was difficulty three, so you grab Ooh, the hey. padlock, reach into your pocket, pull out your switchblade, and just start jiggling the tip of the switchblade in the lock, occasionally, occasionally twisting it back and forth until you hear a snap. The lock is broken, and this allows you to just pull on the padlock until finally, on the fourth attempt, click, it opens. You detach it from the door and toss it on the ground. I look at Roger and I go, this thing never came in much handy when I wasn't a kindred. Now it's saving my life constantly. Yeah, it is. Well, it's your teeth, essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you grab hold of the doorknob and pull the door open. And on the other side, you see brightly lit what must be the reception area of the clinic. There is a long black wooden desk taking up most of the room. Behind it, you can see rows of plastic chairs. Beyond them, the tiled floor leads to two wooden doors, the front entrance, and you can see the backs of the two agents outside. If you'd both... Hey. Are you going to carefully enter, or are you just going to make your way in? Okay, I am going to turn to Roger and go, give me a minute. I'll scout ahead, make sure there's no one hiding around the corner, and then I'll let you know. Yep. Okay. So I'll activate Unseen Passage. I would like Barry mm. to please make a deck stealth check. You may add two of the skate levels. I also went up one hunger because I failed my uh, check. Yes. My rouse check. Now at hunger one. Yep. Uh, the, uh, uh, so... A dexterity stealth, did you say? Yep, plus, plus two, two obfuscate. Yep. So that's nine. Nine, what? Pardon me. Uh, six successes. Six successes. You creep through the door into the reception center and crouching behind the black desk, you creep around it and make your way past the front entrance. Two men outside do not turn to face you. And then beyond the, beyond the waiting room, you see a single long hallway that makes its way down the rest of the length of the building. About four or five doors scattered along this hallway. Uh, a couple on the left, a couple on the right that appear to lead to 
examination rooms where the doctors would see their patients. At the very end of it, you can see the camera pointing at the door to the medicine room. You can see the plastic burn in the corner. And as you stare down the corridor, the door to one of the doctor's rooms opens and a single guard steps out. He begins to walk down the hallway towards the medicine room as you watch him. I'm going to whisper into my mic. Um, got the guard walking towards medicine room currently. Uh, stand by for when coast is clear. He's back turned. He walks towards the medicine room. Uh, this would be a good opportunity for uh, Roger to sneak in if he wants to. He could probably hide uh, behind the desk or something. That's, that's dex stealth, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be dex stealth. Unless you just want to wait outside, keep a lookout on the back and let Barry handle it all. I mean... He has more stealth than... See, I want to help, but I don't really know what good I'm going to be in this particular situation. Could always dominate someone, like if, if he does. Well, you know the code, so you, you don't you know the code, but if you didn't know the code, you could dominate him to open the door. Or if you feel yeah. there's something inside, some sort of trap or something, you could always dominate him into opening the door and stepping in. That's true. Is it just the one person or just the Seems two? Seems to be just the one. Um, he stepped out of one of the doctor's offices. You know that at least you know that four, according to Damien and his Banu Hakim contacts, four agents were posted. So this would be the fourth man, though it's entirely possible there could be a fifth in one of the doctor's rooms. Mm. So the thing is, I could work around this guy's patrols, or we could potentially dominate him to get him out of the way, or take him out to get him out of the way. Yeah. Highly up to you. Well, the thing is, Barry, do you feel confident that you'll be able to get to the door, open it in time, and face whatever's on the other side on your own? I feel like getting to the door and opening it, I can do fairly well, because my stealth is fairly high. It's just if there is something on the other side of that door... But that being said, I can just talk over the Bluetooth headset to say I need backup. Yeah, alright. So and I would potentially only need to withstand one or two rounds of combat. Yeah. So, Roger, would you like to just wait then in, until you're called, until you're needed? Unless you want me to dominate someone, um, yeah, I can go on standby. Alright. So... Barry, you press up against the corner of the wall just outside the corridor. You watch the man as his footsteps echo on the tiled floor as he reaches the door, then leans over, types in the number, pushes the door open, briefly peers inside and then shuts it again. Then he turns around and you hear Greg over the headset saying, Okay, he's moving away from the door, now's your chance, now! And he begins walking down, back down the corridor. He stops at the doctor's office that he emerged from earlier, steps inside, and pulls the door shut behind him. 
What's he fucking doing in there? Mm. Okay, uh, well, for now I'm going to operate on the fact that he's probably just sitting down doing nothing. Um, okay, I'm going to activate Silence of Death as well. So now I've got Silence of Death, Unseen Passage, and Ghost in the Machine. Yep. And I'm going to go to the door. Make a deck stealth check and add two obfuscate dots, please. Critical nine. Critical nine, and he got four successes. And so you creep past, creep down the hallway and past the doctor's office, and the door is open a tiny bit. You decide to peek in as you pass to see what he's doing. And... You see him sitting down at the doctor's desk, and he appears to be examining what you can see from this distance. What appears to be a pile of photographs scattered across the desk. He's just looking at them. He lifts one up so that he can get a better look at it, and you see with a shock, that it's a photograph of you. Oh, this just become a lot more interesting. I'm not going to say anything because now I'm right next to him, not right next to his door, but I'm going to keep that in mind. When he walked out, would I have been able to take note of where his head would have been as he walked out, like how tall he is? Uh, yes, you can. Uh, you get it. You have a rough idea. It wouldn't be a 100% sure hit, but you could catch him by surprise if you wanted to. How long in between? You don't know. Like, you have to just uh, have to um, see. Okay, well, when we saw him the first time on the camera, when it was live, to now, how long has it been? It's been about... 20 to 25 minutes, maybe half an hour. That's a bit too long, because for what I want to plan, it would take about an hour. Okay, I'm just going to note where he is. Yep. Um, Continue on to the medicine room. Yep. Did the keypad make any sound? When the... No, it didn't. It appears to just be metal buttons that you press. So... Okay. You creeping past him and hear Greg saying, Come on, come on, coast is clear! You reach the medicine room door and you quickly punch the numbers in on the keypad. Two, two, four, eight. With each number you press, you hear a small click as the button presses into the metal panel. And then after all four number numbers are pressed, you hear a loud click. The door is unlocked. I'm... Just going to do what the guard did. Stick my head in, glance around, and then close it. Yep. You grab the doorknob and push the door open slightly. As the door opens, from the other side you hear a loud click and then an incessant humming on the other side of the door. You poke your head in and squint. The inside of the room is bathed in bright purple ultraviolet light. Uh, uh, there it is. Oh god, I am visible now. 
emanating from four emanating from four ultraviolet lights that have been attached to each of the walls. Okay. So I'm visible now. I'm guessing I pop up on the screen for Greg. Yeah, you do. So <laughs> suddenly hear Greg say, Oh! Oh, uh Barry, uh we could see you. Okay. Uh, I respond in a whisper. Figured as much. Room is bathed in UV light. Bar- um, you hear. You hear. Uh, you hear. Greg ponder for a moment, and then he just says, "Okay. Uh, get in, get out, make it quick. Get out of that light as quickly as you can." I'm. I'm okay in UV light. Uh, I should be okay for a bit. Um, however, I do need to tell you guys before, while I'm away from earshot, these guys have photos of at least me. Um, we may end up needing to completely ransack this place. Mm. But that will have to be a decision after we find out what's in here. However, you, if you want, you can tell Roger where the doctor's office is and potentially allow him to get the drop on the guard inside? I mean, I won't say no to that. Yeah, I'll let him know which doctors he's in and ask him if he wants me to provide backup or if he thinks he can do it himself. If I'm going in there to talk to this man against this other person, it's not going to be for a fight. Mm. I'll just have a word with them, see what I can dig up. Yep. Okay. So... In that that case, I will enter the room while Roger does his thing. Yep. So, Barry, you enter the room, you carefully shut the door behind you, and as the lights hum, illuminating everything in a bright purple, you begin to search the room. Please make an intelligence investigation check. I'm going to try and rouse the blood for this. Yep, which you can do, but you can't use disciplines. Yep, uh, that's an eight. An eight, yep. Oh, oh, geez, sorry, the dice dropped into the bottom of my desk. Okay, so that gives me then intelligence investigation that brings it up to six dice then. Six, yep. Uh, With one hunger. Five successes. Five successes. Carefully search the room. The majority of the room appears to contain nothing more than than stacks of cardboard boxes filled with uh, filled with already filled hypodermic needles. The needles are filled with some sort of viscous red substance. Each of them is labelled with a single word. Operation Typhoid. Lovely. These must be virus samples ready to infect more members of the public. And there are hundreds of them. You continue searching the room and you eventually find a piece of paper that appears to be some sort of shipping manifest. It describes that the clinic recently took in a shipment of 30 crates of what's simply described as vaccine 
and that these were shipped from a pharmaceutical warehouse on the east side. The address is stamped underneath the description of contents. I'm just going to take that manifest. Yep. I'm also going to take two of the vials. Yep. And put them in separate pockets so that they're not clinking together. That's a good idea. You carefully extract two of the syringes, place each one in a separate pocket. Is there anything else you'd like to do in this room? I would like to see if there's any evidence of who the Thin Bloods were that helped create this in this room. Look around some more, and aside from the boxes of virus samples and the shipping manifest, you find nothing else. But the shipping manifest is a lead. Perhaps you will find the creator of the virus at that address. Okay, fair enough. Um, I report in over the Bluetooth headset that found all the... I found a room full of virus samples and a shipping manifest, taking the shipping manifest. That will be our next stop, I'm guessing, tonight. Seems seems to be virus samples were there? Sorry. Boxes on it, wasn't it? Yeah, just box, cardboard boxes. Oh, damn, so we can't even do anything with them. However, them would be a bad idea. however, as you as you place one of the samples in your pocket, Barry, you notice that there's a warning scribbled on the other side of the label. It simply okay. says, "Warning: Keep in darkness. Do not expose to ultraviolet light for more than ten minutes at a time." Open all the boxes. Well, that that. Okay, I'm going to open all the boxes and just spread them out on the floor so that they're all, like, one layer deep. <laughs> um, but that'll be the very last thing I do before leaving, so yes, there's yeah. nothing else of use I can find in here. Not, it appears not just the virus samples of the shipping that are best. Okay, um, yep, okay, uh, I'm going to wait for Roger to tell me it's safe to leave. Yep, so... And then as I'm leaving, I will spread out all these viruses... Um, making sure that I have two vials that are hidden in my pockets. Yep. So, yeah, you just press yourself up against the wall and wait for Roger. So, Roger, how are you going about this? Are you going to just walk in, get to the guy before he has a chance to do anything, or are you going to try to sneak up and get the drop on him? Um, I mean, it's easier for me to dominate if I try and get the drop on him, so I might give that a go. Yep. I'm trying to work out exactly what I'm doing with him. I suppose either getting him to tell me what evidence they have or just simply destroying what evidence they have on us. Yep, or alternatively, after you've got the evidence, you could dominate him into standing in the room with the viruses so that the light stays on. That's right, it only stays on if there's but, someone in there. Yes. Or was it motion sensitive? Yeah. I didn't realise. That's what the clue oh. was, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting, interesting, okay. Well, if you'd like well, to... Well, if it takes you... It... <laughs> oh, wait, no, I haven't put them down yet. Don't worry. Yeah. If you want to get the drop on him, make a dex stealth check, please. You may rouse the uh, if you like. Yeah, I'm going to have to, because I have exactly two for that otherwise. Um, that is an eight. So I did this, and that's going to bring you up to grand total of four for stealth. 
dice don't fail me now. And oh wow, I rolled two eights and two nines on that. Two eights and two nines. Okay, that's uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's eight successes altogether. So, welcome. Hey, yeah. Wait, how do I get eight successes? I only rolled four dice. Because mm. they explode into more successes is the thing. So, so how yeah, it works? Man. You get two. You get two crits. That makes a third. And then you got another Wait. crit that makes a fourth, and they just every crit adds an extra. Wait, yeah. I thought crits are only if you go ten. Oh wait, no, that's right. You only rolled four. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah. Sorry, that's fine. He rolled and got a three on his dice pool of seven. Oof. So, oh, oh wow, Jesus, Jesus. I got lucky and then some. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I should have pulled that off. Okay, cool. <laughs> And as far as quote-unquote stealth is, I'm still just going to casually stroll into the room yeah. like I fucking own the place. So calling <laughs> upon your vampiric powers, you... Calling upon your vampiric powers, you quickly make your way across the reception hall, your footsteps echoing on the tiles, and you walk faster than any human could ever walk, just like you own the place. You just walk into the doctor's office, push the door open, the man turns around in his seat. He stands up. He sees you. He goes to reach for his gun, but you already have him. Lot. You already have him in your sight. You narrow yeah, and, your eyes. And, and now he's—is he? Un, I was going to say—is he unsuspecting? Like, was he, he unsuspected is, when I used Dominic? He is. Un, he is. Well, he's not unsuspecting because he was. He has been uh -huh. trained in what blank bodies to try to do, so this is going to be an opposed check, but... No. That's mean. He, he just stands up, and as you gaze into his eyes, grits his teeth, and he says, blank body, do your worst. I've been trained for this. Damn. Well, that's annoying, because I was hoping if I got him by surprise that I wouldn't have to get him to roll anything. I would have been an auto-success. Well, that's annoying. Never mind. We can still work that. The so perks I... of we have Bluetooth speakers, so we actually hear everything in real time. They need to activate this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. And remember, you get I an extra dice. Check. Yes, one rouse check first. Damn it. Well, I'm going to need to get some need after this. <laughs> that's a third hunger. So, bugger, that's bugger, bugger. A please roll manipulation plus dominate, and you get an extra dice from the blood resonance. Currently have. Oh, it's busted because manipulate dominate is intelligence <laughs> plus resolve. No, it's it says here intelligence. Uh, anyway, manipulation dominate versus composure intelligence. Ah, that's right. Yes, composure is intelligence. It? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 wait, no. Sorry, I read the wrong one. Mesmerize. Yep, yep mesmerize is intelligence resolve. Oh. Well, he got two successes, so you have to beat two. Oh, so I still have the roll, and that was. Manipulate Dominate, which is four plus two plus, you said one? Yep. Okay, so in theory, so seven, so in theory this, uh, come on. Just not tough for another. Uh, oh, this poor <laughs> bastard. Yeah, no, that was six. That was six. Ooh. You gaze into his eyes and you see him trying to look away, his eyes rolling as he attempts to put his training into practice, but it's not enough. 
what do you order him to do? I casually go, hand over the headset and go stand in the medicine room for the next 20 minutes, if you don't mind, please. He silently takes off the headset, hands it to you, and then leaves the room. And you inform Barry that he's on his way. And Barry, you start laying all the boxes out along the floor. And just as you're done opening the last box and placing it on the floor, you hear the door open. You see the Inquisition agent enter, a blank look on his face. He just walks past you as if he doesn't see you and stands in the center of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I casually go over the headset going, I believe we're, uh, well, I'll just make sure we've got any information pertaining to ourselves, and then I believe we're done here. Yes. Yep, and we're going to need to get out because this guy reports every time he finishes a rotation. He does. So, so we need as to... In the, we, as, wait, as in the guy that's... Currently standing. Yep, so when he no, doesn't report... he doesn't have... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. You when go, he doesn't oh, report, they might get... Yeah, yeah. Everything in that room, I'll come in and help. Yep. So and then we're getting out of there. everything and get out. So, yep. Yeah, so, yeah should I put a time limit? Sorry, I thought that seemed like a good no, idea. That's, that's, that's fine. a good idea. It's a good idea. Uh, uh, Dale said, we think it's around 20 to 30 minutes. Yes, so, about oh, 20 good. minutes. So, yeah, we have, yeah, we have some oh, time. Oh, oh, oh how terrible. Well, I mean, we have yeah. 20 minutes either way because I told him to stand there for like 20 minutes just to... Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, you... You leave the room, shut the door behind you, and you can still hear the humming of the lights from the other side. <laughs> and you go and rejoin Roger in the doctor's office. I'd like both of you to make intelligence investigate checks, please. That I can do. Not uh, Was it an uh, intelligence investigation, was it? Uh, yeah. So, five. Five, and I only have one hunger. Four successes for me. I got two two that's more than enough together so you quickly toss over the contents of the desk and you feel the tension rising up inside you if you still breathed your breath would hang in your throat as you realize that among the documents on the desk are photographs of Barry Archer Alexander and Greg, mysteriously absent, are photos of Roger. Furthermore, there are a number of documents, each of them describing where you had, each of them describing the most likely whereabouts of all three of you, and perhaps most concerning of all, marked on a map of Chicago West Side, your haven. So who did you you say was absent in the descriptions? You're absent. There's no material pertaining to you. Well, that's a shame, but either way, I'd rather not have them come knocking. So we're just gonna just take all of that. Yep. Uh, Yeah, I'm gonna... I'm going to help Roger just grab everything yeah as you as you gather it all up you notice you 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 read the header of one of the documents and it simply says simply says information acquired from confidential sources 
You son of a bitch. No. And you're the one that's missing. Yeah. You stack everything. Oh, we're going to kill that man. You stack everything (laughs) up in a pile. Gather it up in your arms, and before the other two remaining guards have a chance to learn that their friend is indisposed of, make your way out of the back door, carefully shutting it behind you. You wait for a break in the traffic, cross the road, and run to your car, dumping all of the documents in the back seat next to Greg who looks up from the laptop as he closes it with his right hand. Well, 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 he says. Success. So we're done for the night then? No. We are heading to, and I pull out the manifest. Pull out the manifest Uh, and recite the the address, which I'm going to now make uh, visible on your map. Yes. It is in the south side. Uh, Just turn uh, a left turn off South Commercial Avenue. There is a pharmaceutical warehouse. Right near the last known sighting of Gerard, whoever that is. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure he sounds like a nice guy. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What time of night is it? It is by now about 11.30. Oh, we've got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, it's taken just, gonna... just over <laughs> about two hours for you to accomplish this mission. Oh, okay, so... So, so far, we've taken out the supply that they've got at the vaccination clinic. And any intelligence that they have... That doesn't fully successfully do what Damien asked us to do or gave us the opportunity to do yes so we still need to actually destroy the supply and stop any further creation before he has to report it to the prince yes so is there anything you would like to would you like to return to the haven would you like to go? Is there anyone you'd like to pay a visit to, or would you like to head on to the pharmaceutical warehouse? I don't have Damien's number, do I? We never got that. No, you don't have his number. When we don't have a way to actually contact him. Actually, actually uh. No, hold on. Sorry, uh, we have. Was it Anita that we had? Her number? Uh, you have Mulder. You have, um, contacts with. You have uh, the contacts of, uh, I believe, a couple of the, the Anarchs. Jay, uh, you have uh, Jackie and Moldavus as contacts. Uh, who's Jackie? Jackie's your, Who Jackie? Jackie's your Anarch contact. She's just a normal Anarch. She's no one special. Um, okay. Um... You have, you, however, have contact with Marcel. And perhaps as a and Marcel being of the ministry, being head of the ministry is quite high up. He may be able to give you contact details for Damien if you want them, but he may also consider this a boon. And what kind of boon did he owe me? Uh, it was just any kind of boon, any wasn't it? Any kind of boon, yes. 
Um. Oh, that would be. Uh, <laughs> the problem is this boon, right? Is going to be like the potions in Skyrim. Yeah. I'm going to keep it until I finish playing the game and realize that I never fucking used it. Yeah. I would like to send off a message to uh, to Marcel saying helping Damien with a problem new conditions have arisen nothing we can't handle but if possible would like to meet him near um like somewhere near here, like, I don't know, maybe the corner of East 87th Street and South Lake Shore while we're on our way, because I would like to give him one of the vials so that he can get something straight from the source to his thin blood yeah, see if they could get contacts in case something goes horrifically wrong with us tonight. Okay, so you text this to Marcel. Few minutes later your phone beeps it's a message from marcel it simply reads our debt is cleared and then no more than 30 seconds after that the phone beeps again it's a message from damien saying i've received marcel's message let's meet at the corner of west adams street west adams street uh where was it's about that two blocks from where you are Oh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's fine. Yep, that's fine. You, that's not too far out of the way. That's yep. fine, yeah. Tell Roger that this is, that the meeting is now arranged. Roger nods, starts his car, and reverses out of the parking lot, back out onto the streets of Magadon Farmer District. You drive um, down the I'm going to send... Uh, I'll just send a message back to Marcel saying, pleasure working business with you. The phone beeps. A message from Marcel comes through and says, remember, if you need anything, I have it. And then there's this winky face. <laughs> he would, seems... would be the one to send a winky face. Now, remember, you also do have your ghoul, if you wish to task your ghoul uh, with anything, but I do, but I, I personally can't see any way that she could help at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Mm. So, Roger drives the car a couple of... Drives the car through the streets of downtown. You cross onto a maiden road and enter the well-lit, glitzy, glamorous part of the city. To the left, outside your window, Sears Tower presides over the entire city everything all the business you're about to conduct is to be done in its shadow you park your car at the corner of west adams street and that's right he was busy tonight and i just called him out of it whoops yeah i forgot about that fuck (laughs) the street corner is empty but sure enough two minutes later whoosh you see a blurry shape speed onto the street corner leaping off the top of a nearby building and within the blink of an eye the shape was turned into damien 
He stands, leaning up against the brick wall of a nearby building, his arms folded. Uh, I walk up to him and I go, I'll make this brief. I know you're busy. Sorry, forgot. Found supply, uh, found the supply of virus at the vaccination clinic. Swiped a vial for you so that if you want, you can get it to your uh, alchemists to work on a cure straight from the source. We're going to destroy the supply. Hopefully. He nods. He takes the syringe, puts it in his pocket. And he says, so there were supplies there, but no, no information about how it's created? No information how it's created. We have this address, and I hand him the manifest. Uh, this is where it came from. We are hoping to go there now and destroy it. He looks at the manifest. Eventually find out more information. He hands the paper back to you, and he says, hmm... He says, that part of town used to be controlled by the Tremere. He says... Used to? He says... He frowns and he says, Tell me, did you find anything else in the vaccination clinic? Anything else suspicious? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be shut up. To be no, honest, neonates. Uh, I'm going to be honest with this guy because I like him and he mm. had a chance to kill me at one point and didn't. Um... Yeah, we found information on all of us in our coterie except for Roger. His eyes go wide as he hears this. He looks over at Roger and he says, And what do you have to say about this, Roger? I may have implicated you. (laughs) Whoops. Um, (laughs) I'm not staring going, if I knew something about this, I would... Obviously, bring it forth forthwith. And it's, while I may not be involved in this information gathering, any potential threat against the Coterie is still a threat to me. Damien smiles and says, hmm, you might make it in the Camarilla yet. Well, look. <laughs> he, like, visibly, yet. like, sneers at that. <laughs> I have an idea who, may, who this confidential informant may be. We're going to need more evidence. Do me a boon. Mm. Go to this location. See who you find there. If it is who I suspect it is, stake them and bring them to the Succubus Club. I will be there with the Prince and the rest of the Primogen. We will make an example of this person in front of everyone. Um, Mm. did he just say, do me a boon, and does that mean that if we complete this, he will owe us? Or was that just wording? If you, if you would like to point that out, that is generally how it goes, yes. Um, yeah, I'll try and point that out as, you know, politically as I can without trying to insult him. Said, while, while you're doing that, can I try and roll something to see if I can work in my head who could possibly be behind it? Because he clearly knows yeah. who might be behind it so... and the fact that I wasn't involved... So, Roger, I'd like you to make an intelligence insight check. And oh, I would I like yes, I do. Barry to please make a charisma etiquette check, please. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I, um, <laughs> I, I get a three on mine. I can't wait to see how you do, son. Three. I have a total of one dot in this. Wow. The blood for this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and rouse the blood. 
I feel like we should have gone the other way around because <laughs> etiquette is right up my goddamn alley. Uh, uh, okay, so I got a nine for my Razzle Blood, so that's a success. That's 2D. 2D10. 2-1. One success, and it's on the hunger uh, dice. One success. Damien uh, smiles, and he says, Don't push your luck, kid. I already... <laughs> I already did you a boon by giving you this information, but do this for me and we shall see. Perhaps, perhaps, Sheriff Damien will do something for you in the future, yes. Oh good, oh, yep. Meanwhile, (laughs) as they talk, Roger, you're just pondering who could possibly be behind this. He's alluding to somebody, and then it all fits together. The absence of your information in the pile, the involvement of thin bloods, this potentially serving as an excuse to purge the city of its thin blood population. Oh. You've heard in most in your most recent interactions with your sire, he has been particularly venomous in his comments about the thin blood community, particularly in recent nights, when his touchstone, his sole remaining mortal oh. descendant, has, how he described it to you, been stolen away from him by thin blood oh. trash. Perhaps, oh. perhaps <laughs> this could be your sire's doing. But I'm not sure have how you push this man this. into stupidity. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what, once, um, Barry's finished his thing with the uh, Damien, look over and go, well, we best get moving if we wish to find out more about this. But, uh, if we see, and I stared directly at Damien as I said this, who we suspect this may be, rest assured, we will bring him to you post haste. Damien nods and he says, Remember, Succubus Club. You'll know where Mm. it is. It's hard to miss. And with that, Mm. whoosh, there's a blur as he leaps off the street, clearing the roof of the building across the the Mm. road from you, and is gone into the night. Now, before I... Learn me that. I was going to say, before I start asking questions... Do, and this is obviously outside of outside character, do I know anything about what everyone else has been up to when they've um, been going out by themselves? No. Well, I wouldn't have kept the secret yeah. from you guys. Well, yes. I, yeah. So, in that case, yes, Barry has informed you what he's been doing. You still don't know what Alexander's yeah. been up to, but you yeah, know what Barry's Yeah, part of me doesn't really want to know what that man's up to, or... I mean, I haven't really been talking much about what I've been doing, like, in terms of specifics for good reason. That's yeah. that's on the down low. I'll just say I'm meeting with other clients. But, yeah, after he's gone, I'll be staring straight at Baron going, So, I don't suppose you want to take a guess at who our uh, unfortunate uh, information theft is, by any chance? Or would you rather me just spoil the surprise? Uh, well, I think I might spoil the surprise for you. I... I kind of made the connection that if you're not there, uh, well, your sire probably wants to protect his... What's the technical term? Uh, no, um, for 
not offspring. Um, oh, he wants to protect someone him. that he's turned. His child. Child, yeah. Mm. He wants to. Oh. He, he would want to protect his child, so especially to speak. as Roger still, you know, mm. does things for him. Yeah. Yes, and it seems that you've given him more than enough of a reason to make this a personal affair to go but, as far as to. But mm-hmm. the virus. You you discovered the existence of the virus before Barry ever made contact with the Touchstone. That's true. Mm. That's true. Hmm. So not well, entirely personal, just a hatred of uh, thin, bloods. thin bloods across the board. And maybe now he's been pushed over the edge. Mm. Well, if we do remember, I did make him lose his shit in our first meeting together. Yes. And, I, and I can only assume that did not help his social high standing. No, no. he did lose quite a considerable amount of face from that, and you're both aware yes. of this. He's rarely yes. invited to Elysium, um, and he he's rarely invited to Elysium, and mm. isn't particularly well liked by the rest of the Camarilla because of that incident. Mm. So, congratulations, you've officially backed him into a corner. Good. Let's go drop the rock on him. Haha, <laughs> So. Hmm. But we need to be careful. This is when beasts fight the hardest. Your phones yes. light up. It is midnight. Is there anything you'd like to do before you head to the pharmaceutical warehouse? Uh, I've still got my gun. I've still got the steak launcher. I have a UV light. Well, uh, I, have, I have a UV light as well. Yep, and you've got the steak launcher. And mm. launcher, and we're both wearing the armor. You are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we only used three bullets, so I've still got plenty of ammo. Yep. How are you looking mm-hmm. on hunger? I've only got one hunger used, so um, I'm okay. But if we I'm want to on swing three. By, if you want to swing by the house. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, is there wouldn't be much of a. Not... Homeless presence in this area. Oh, no. there might be. You just have to search for them. And technically, while this is not your domain, and it, this is the one-eyed king's domain, so you would be able to feed here from the homeless people you find mm. here. Okay. As he has, you know, made you yeah. part of his court. True. True. Actually, yes. You can go. Thankfully, we're in the right part of town for this. Hmm. So okay. So you tell the others to wait in the car for a moment. You'll be back as soon as you can. You set out into the well-lit downtown streets, and you're sure that all you have to do is sweep away the light to find the scurrying cockroaches underneath in the <laughs> darkness. Would like you to okay. please make a manipulation plus persuasion check. Oh, hell yeah. Ooh. Well, this is a first. I don't think I have it. I need to go find you, another D10. I don't and, have enough there. Yeah, and you may you, you may add your influence dots with the homeless to help you. My my influence? Oh, good lord. Where's my influence at? I think you've got, like, four? Oh, my god. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's... That's twelve. Yeah, mm, I 12. 
Okay, how... Okay, I can't... I'm not even going to try and dig out that many dice right now. Okay, how does this work again so I'll for... I'll that for you. Slash VR, 12. And what's your hunger? 3? Yes. 8 successes! Oh, God! <laughs> so, you set off into the streets. You move... You, you try to find the places where the light doesn't shine as brightly. The alleyways, the side streets, the apartment tenements, the shuttered stores, and sure enough, within 10-15 minutes, you find members of the homeless community. They know instantly who you are as they see you approach. They bow their heads out of respect. You gather a group of them around in an alleyway, stand next to them, next to their burning oil drum that they shelter around for warmth. And you inform them that you have come to feed. Who would like to volunteer? One of the men steps forward silently, his head bowed, and then he says, It would be an honour, sir. A servant <laughs> of the One-Eyed King is a friend of all of us. The rest of the homeless men cheer. Well, I'm in a good mood right now, so I'll let the word servant slide at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I will, I will feed from him, and I'll, I'll hand him twenty dollars as a as a thank you, because you no, know, no good yep. deed goes unrewarded. You may reset your hunger to one. You feed from him, and then you stand back. His skin is pale in the flickering flames, but he's smiling, and he weakly says. Glad to have done a service, sir. You hand him a $20 note. Mm. He smiles. And then without saying anything mm. more, you turn and walk once again into the bright lights of the city and are gone. Mm. You return to the others, well fed, wiping your lips with, your, with the back of your hand. You get back into the car, turn on the engine, and begin to drive. Is there anything anyone would like to do before you head to the pharmaceutical warehouse? Oh, really? I would suggest we do a drive-by first, but otherwise I am ready. Very well. Mm. Oh, actually... Mm. Uh, this will probably be a little bit meta, but is... Greg going to stay in the car this time as well, or is he joining yeah. us? Oh, uh, yeah, well, he might. He might join you, or he, or he might stay in the car. Um, okay, well, I feel like the point... Oh, sorry, you go first. Oh, I was going to say, if he's staying in the car, I'm going to take the AK from him. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, we'll see when we get there. So yeah, we'll see when we get there. Okay, I get the distinct feeling that we may need all hands on deck yeah. for this one. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so... Drive the car out of the shadow of Sears Tower and leave the glistening monolith behind as you emerge in the south side. Make your way down South Lakeshore Drive. To your right, the inky black expanse that is Lake Michigan seems to beckon to you. An endless mm. abyss as you, that as you gaze into it, gazes back. <laughs> Make your way down the long road, passing by the south side docks as all of the residential commercial buildings around you start to become replaced with 
the worn down fixtures of industry, shuttered factories, abandoned warehouses, and big brick monstrosities that served as chemical production facilities during the daytime that during the daytime would be pouring pollutants out into their skies through their long smokestacks. Finally you arrive at the pharmaceutical warehouse. It appears slightly more maintained than the other buildings around it. The walls made of white brick have only a minimum of grime. The concrete lot on which it stands is clean, well maintained. The industrial waste and debris that decorate the neighbouring lots not present here. A faded sign next to a gate that faces the street out the front reads Magadon Pharmaceuticals Distribution Centre. You drive around the warehouse doing a full loop of its perimeter. You find two entrances that you can see. A staff entrance to the right side. A set of double metal doors. They do not appear to be guarded. Aside from that, a big roller door. A freight entrance at the front of the warehouse that faces the street. The sides and the back of the lot are enclosed by a tall brick fence. You see no guards or any signs of life on the premises. If there is anyone here, they are safely inside. Mm -hmm. All doors were closed? All the doors appear to be closed. This one's going to be tricky. And what time is it? It is now about 12.40 a.m. Okay, so we've still got four to five hours before the others need to turn in. Yeah. Obviously, you got to factor in time to get back as well. Yeah. 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 It's... Uh, were there any single doors, sorry? Uh, no. There's just a set of double metal doors along the right-hand side of the building, and then a big roller door at the front, which is presumably a freight entrance. What's on the roof? From what you can tell, the roof appears to be just a standard, uh, corrugated iron roof. You can't see anything such as chimneys or extra additional means of entry, not without climbing up at least. Mm. Okay, I have an odd question. I'm guessing it's going to be a no, but I'm still curious nonetheless. I still have the other agent's headset that I took off him while he gave to me before. Is that still working? You put it on, but there's only static. It's out of range. Uh, I was interested in seeing if they used the same frequently. I didn't think they would have, because that would be incredibly stupid even for them. <laughs> so, what would you like to Can do? I have a look to see if there's any cameras. 
Uh, I would like you to make a wits awareness check, please. Let's see how we go. <laughs> One success. Oh. You see, hanging above the roller door that is the freight entrance, a single camera encased in glass and concrete protected from vandals. Staring down the entire front of the lot, able to see any car that pulls up or anyone that walks towards the front of the building. That was where the roller doors were? Yes. And, it, and that is the only... And that it's also facing the only entrance that points out to the street, unless you want to try to climb over the brick fence and get on the lot from another another point. Okay. The lot is surrounded by a brick fence, but there's a gate at the front, and that's how you get to the freight entrance. And the camera appears to be positioned so that it's got a good view of that driveway turning out onto the street. So anyone who, who enters the lot through the main gate will appear on camera. Is the main gate open or closed? The main gate is currently open. Oh. This... The main gate is currently open, the big corrugated iron gates, tied, in fact, to the lamp posts that flank the front, the street that runs along the front of the warehouse. The wind occasionally batters them and causes them to shudder, but they're tied in place with chain. Will not oh, with chain, damn it. Mm. You're unsure why they are open at this time of night. I'm probably expecting delivery of some sort. Yeah, the options are we somehow try to get in now or we wait to see. We wait an hour or two to see if something arrives, but that yeah. is a gamble. Yeah. Because we really do only have tonight yes. to get this done. Yes. Whereas, like, before... If we didn't get it done, it was just, okay, well, now we have to somehow try and stop the prince from culling Thinbloods. Now it's, we've promised to bring the person responsible to the court. Oh, no. yeah. yeah, we uh, failed this, yeah. Just that, uh, this is a life. we succeed or we die trying. Yeah, preferably alive, but perhaps <laughs> you have no choice but to kill them. Perhaps you can explain that. Mm. I have a steak launcher. Look, I'm, so... good, I'm, good at, I'm good at talking, but I don't think I'm that good. Mm. He, he did say we can stake them and bring them in, so that's why I've got yeah. the steak launcher, and I'm going to be bringing that with me. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um, well, if you would like, I can activate my abilities and scout out inside the perimeter. Yep. Um... If Roger is okay with that. Because uh, we've got the Bluetooth speakers, so... I, I know, but yeah, but... Um, it doesn't mean I really want you running around by yourself okay. in there, because we don't know what's in there yeah. at this point. Greg pats his hand on the AK-47 and he says, If you need backup, let us know. Mm -hmm. This is the whole thing, though. My guy is built for this. We, we need to... Start trusting each other to do what we're built for. 
Yeah. <laughs> it just annoys me that, you know, there's not yeah. a whole lot I can do in this situation. Yeah, and, and if there's anything you can do in terms of dominating someone, you need to be taken inside. Yeah, I need, to, I need to, like, at least have them within hearing range. Yeah, you need to get inside. So that's up to Barry to find a way to get you inside. Yeah. Much. Uh, I do have another idea. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. We could drive the car into where one of the chains is attached to the gate mm. and go, oh shit, I'm a drunk driver, whoops, this was an accident, and maybe someone will come out and we can gauge what's happening that yeah, way. Yeah, what, lure them out. Mm. Alternatively, if alternatively, keep in mind, if you don't want to appear on camera at all, you can climb over the brick wall and enter the lot from another angle. That is true. Sounds a lot nicer than wrecking my car. <laughs> oh, that's, that's also true. That's also true. Hmm. Well, yeah, just can... the entire time you're making that suggestion, just have Rogers <laughs> just staring, going, hmm, yes, capital idea. Let's drive my car into a fence. <laughs> okay, well then I will scout inside the compound and see if there is another doorway that we can get to by climbing over the fence. Yep. Okay, so please make your rouse check. Uh, yes, rouse check. I'm activating all three again. Three that was again. a two, so I'm actually... I went up to two hunger. Uh, okay, so... Ghost of the Machine, Unseen Passage, and Silence of Death have been activated. What would you like me to roll to just walk around the inside of the perimeter right next to the wall? Uh, please roll deck stealth at two obfuscate dice. Four successes. I'm going to use one willpower. Yep. So that makes And that's one. So that makes it a five. Makes it a five. Very well. I'm going to be rolling something. Yep. Let me see. Where does it work? Okay, so mm. that's going to be... Yep, so can't, that roll can't be beat. Um, okay, so you make your way... You exit the car, shut the door behind you, and you just make your way through the main gate as the wind blows, banging at them as the chains rattle. Make your way up the driveway and approach the roller door. You look up at the camera and you see the green light blinking on it. It is turned on and active, but it cannot see you. You sigh, make your way around the perimeter of the building, hugging the wall. The only other entrance is the staff entrance. Two metal doors on the right-hand side of the building. If the other members of the Coterie were able to vault over the brick wall, on this side of the lot, they would be able to approach this entrance without being caught on camera. Okay, guys, if you can somehow find your way over the fence on the right side, we can enter unseen through the staff door. <laughs> if you would like to do that, I would ask Greg and Roger to please make... Uh, uh, Dex Athletics checks. <laughs> to uh, 
Yeah, getting my blood uh, roused, because goddamn. Oh, that's 10. That's wonderful. So I'm not going to completely suck at this, hopefully. Oh. Did I, did I hear a, a Greg just now? Yes. Yes, Greg is back. Yeah, I'm here. So Greg. Actually, I also found uh, I found our other compatriot who should be with us today. <laughs> he just popped by. Lovely. Oh. So. Um, so, uh, what, what, on the um, so what you do is, so you type slash VR, then the number of dice you roll, then your hunger. So, for you, for example, for your uh, dexterity plus athletics, that'll be three dice. But would you like to rouse the blood to get two extra dice? That sounds good. So yes, we please. rouse the blood first. And that is a failure, so your hunger goes up to two. So now what we do is you roll... So we get two extra dice, so we roll, we go slash VR, and then five for the total number of dice, and then two for the hunger, and we get one success. You summon your vampiric powers and ste steady your legs, and then take a flying leap, clearing the brick wall and landing in the empty lot on the other side. And how did you do, Roger? I got three. Yep. You didn't even need to rouse the blood. You just no, no. I had, I had to. I, I yep. roused it anyway because I would have had like two otherwise. But Barry turns and watches as first Greg, then Roger leap over, vault the brick wall, and land on the concrete, one after the other. You can now approach the staff entrance of the warehouse without being caught on camera. That's nice. Oh, my suggestion would be I'll open the door and Greg and Roger be ready for whatever's behind it. Yep. Are you going to mm. sneak towards the door or are you just going to approach? Doesn't. There's no indication that anyone is aware you're here. There are no guards around the warehouse and by vaulting the wall you've avoided what Barry believes to be the only security camera on the site. I, I will. That. <laughs> um, I will sneak to the door yep. and get ready to open it. That way, the other two can stand a little bit back from the door, raise their guns, and get ready to fire on what's whatever's on the other side. Yeah, or um, Roger can dominate if need be. Yep. Okay, so make a dex stealth check. You may add two of your obfuscate dice, please. Uh, no, only Remy, only Remy. Oh, no, so, oh sorry, I realised my, my mic was on. I was just reading it. Oh, yeah, yep. uh, I've got two successes, and I'm going to have to live with that because I don't want to use yep. more willpower just yet. You approach the door. I rolled for something. Not tell you how many successes this something got, but as you approach the door, you think you hear movement from the other side of the door, and then the telltale sound of a door slamming somewhere inside the building. As you now, approach the a door, slamming, yep. a door slamming open and a door slamming closed sound very different. From what you can tell, it seems to be the sound of a door slamming shut. And as you approach the staff door, your heart sinks as you notice that 
cut into the door on the right is a small square pane of glass, a window allowing anyone on the other side to see whoever is approaching. But the strange thing is, you couldn't see anyone in the darkness on the other side of the door. And you are invisible with your obfuscate, and so you're unsure of whether indeed they saw you. Perhaps you're only hearing things. Guys, I think we're going loud because I think there's kindred in you. Hmm. Someone saw us and I'm invisible. You reach the door nonetheless. And... Roger and Greg, do you draw your weapons in readiness? I mean, yeah, if he's simply the one guy who's definitely good at combat's telling me to get ready. Yep. So you draw your oh, weapon yes. as Roger I reaches for the door. Yep, you've got your AK-47. Do you want to ready that? Oh, okay. I was going to ready to get my splash damage. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, you've brought, you've brought your there, Molotovs but with holding you. holding close. Yeah, you're just... Good Lord. So you're just holding a Molotov cocktail in your hand, AK in the other <laughs> hand. <laughs> as, what the crap? As... <laughs> Barry leans <laughs> forwards and silently grabs the doorknob, slowly opens the door. You're ready for whatever's on the other side, and it takes a few seconds for your eyes to adjust to the darkness. But on the other side of the door is some sort of reception lobby. It is empty. All you can see is a black leather couch shoved up against one of the walls, a low glass coffee table, and a black wooden desk with a computer. The room is unlit, dark. On the other side of the reception hall is another set of metal doors that lead into the warehouse itself. What do you do? Um, I might just switch out for the AK. I feel like this yep. is way too dangerous. It's just, we're in close proximity. It's like you a nuclear away. Uh, Are you going to be the okay. first to enter? <laughs> With your AK drawn. Sorry, guys. So, with his AK drawn, Greg steps across the threshold into the lobby. I would like Greg to please make a wits awareness check. That'll be a dice pool of six with two hundred. Oh, uh, while he's while he was walking forward, I was pulling out the stake launcher. Yep, the stake as launcher. my weapon at the moment. That is fair enough. So we six dice. All right. So again, it's, it's VR. You said VR. Yep. Slash VR. So, so yep. forward slash VR, then space, yes. and then six, and then space, and then two. Now while they're six, doing that, I'll just and then space. And then yep, space six, space two, and then enter. And you'll get what just came up for me. Lovely. So two successes. So as you, you. step into the lobby, your footsteps on the wooden floorboards and you wait for your eyes to adjust to the darkness and as you approach the door on the opposite end of the reception hall you notice something on the coffee table to your right there appear to be, appears to be a pile of Small wooden shards, wooden splinters, scattered in a pile across the coffee table. Next to them are a couple of drops of blood. It appears to still be fresh. 
its liquidy surface glistening in the ambient light from outside that you've let into the room. Can I use my heightened senses to see if I can pick up a trail of that? You can. I'd like you to make a... I'd like you to make a wits awareness plus heightened... plus add your ore specs, please. There's words. Yep. So how many successes? Uh, two. Two. You step into the room after Greg. He points out the wooden shards on the coffee table. The, the drops of blood. You peer at them and then you look across the floor to see if you can see any other blood trail. You cannot. It appears that the blood... And indeed, the wooden splinters are localised right here on the coffee table, as if they were placed here for a certain purpose. As if this was... As if this was the aftermath of some activity that you either interrupted or which ended shortly before you arrived. However, with your heightened senses, you do hear voices coming from beyond the door, from deep within the warehouse. A single voice and it is whispering yes yes what is that you say my dear tongue yes yes intruders yes I saw them my dear tongue yes I will do your bidding very well we shall talk to them first dear tongue and I shall leave it up to your judgment to decide what we shall do my dear my lord tongue I'm I really want to play a Melkavian now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be yeah. so much fun. <laughs> yeah, Roger's like eyes widen and goes. They know we're here. They're sending, I believe, a uh, I wouldn't hate to call it dignitary, but someone to discuss, talk with us, but still be at the ready. Uh, uh Barry, what do you do? Well, I'm still invisible, am I? Yes, you are. Yep. I, I well, obviously this guy saw me. I well, get, may, I think, yes, may think. have seen me. I'm going to operate under the assumption that he did see me. But that being said, I'm still going to enter and go to a corner of the room. Yep. So you enter. Do you pull the door shut behind you or do you leave? Leave it open. Well, I've, I've, I've got to let Roger... Oh, Roger's already entered, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Roger's already entered. Yeah, we're all inside. We're, we're inside. The last one uh... Do I close it or not? Do I close it or not? I'm going to leave it open because we may need a way to escape. Yep, and then you're going to take up position in a corner. Uh, is this yep. going to be a good ambush position? Um... A position that basically drop uh, on whoever enters. I want it to be in a spot so that if some one person comes out, they will need to move their sight, like move their head, to be able to see. They won't be able to see all three of us at the same time. Yeah. So. All right. 
Yeah. So I would ask you to please make a stealth dex check. You may add yeah. one obfuscate dice for your invisibility because yeah. sound doesn't really matter for this. No, yeah, that, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, so that's eight, two. Uh, that is four successes. So this re- I will use willpower on, please. Yep, go ahead so you can re-roll that. That's an additional two successes, so that makes it six. Yep, six successes. So you creep across the room uh, and crouch behind the black reception desk. It offers a good view of the whole room, and whoever enters would have to walk past you to address the other two. Roger and Greg, is there anything you would like to do? Are you just going to stay waiting to meet whoever is going to enter the room? Uh, I suppose I'm going to start brandishing my Molotov again, get that nice area effect damage. You can. Uh, I was going to say, no, if they're coming to, I'm looking to go, if they're coming to talk, then... Well, they can be like, in the keep, warehouse? Keep the, like yeah, well, they're in the warehouse. This is just the reception area. So they're, they're beyond the door coming from the warehouse, yes. Oh, okay, in that case, just okay. Molotovs are a last resort. You're not going to try to hide? Last resort's not first resort. That's a good point. <laughs> You're not, not going to try to hide like Barry did? You want to stand next to Roger and be ready with your weapon? Or would you like to mm. leave Roger to meet whoever's going to come in while you hide with Barry? Let me not hide with Barry, but hide like Barry. Hide like <laughs> Barry, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah look, actually, have we got the, um, that's... I'm not that four-wheel drive, sorry. <laughs> um... Uh, so far, is that big enough for me to crash behind? Uh, yes it is. I'd like you to make a dex stealth check, please. So that's two dice, you don't have stealth, but if you want to rouse the blood, you can get an extra two dice. So go ahead, roll Ooh. a d10 to rouse the blood. Roll a d10, alright. Alright, I think I'm starting to get the hang of this rolling thing. Yes. Alright, that's a five. That's a five, five. so that is... Unfortunately, a fail. You go to hunger three, but you get two extra dice. You get a dice pool of four to hide. Uh-huh. Backslash VR. Yep. Four. And what's and then, the second? And then the second is your hunger, so that's three. Ooh. Successes. Lovely. So you call upon the vampiric blood to hide you. You crouch behind the leather couch on the opposite side of the room, your AK held in your hand. Then you all hear a loud voice from beyond the door. All of you be quiet! The tongue wishes for you to be quiet! I will meet whoever is on the other side, and you will not make a sound. Well, I've got that covered. (laughs) Then there's a Five seconds of silence, and then the voice barks out again. You out there, I know you're there, I'm coming to meet you. Do not attack me, or you will regret it. The crawling tongue will take its vengeance upon you. I don't know I don't know enough about this game to know whether that's an actual thing or if this is a Malkavian being slightly deranged. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just leave it be for half a second until we find out, eh? Then, sure enough, you hear footsteps approaching the other side of the door, and you see the door handle turn. The door opens, revealing 
the dark warehouse beyond and stepping out of the shadows. A short, rotund man, bald, save for a couple tufts of hair on the right and left sides of his head. No taller than five foot, he wears an ill-fitting, badly tailored suit that you would expect to be worn by a used car salesman or a street charlatan. And in front of him, he pushes a wheelchair. The footsteps get louder. Click, 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 until the man and the wheelchair he pushes enter the reception area and the ambient light from outside illuminates them. The man, despite his size, has a wiry, rat-like face, his nose pointed, crooked, his eyes almost triangular, gleaming as they take you in. And in front of him, sitting, slumped in a wheelchair, a naked, emaciated corpse, nothing more than leathery skin pulled over fleshless bones, its eye sockets sunken and empty, its mouth drooping open, its teeth having long ago fallen out. Yet somehow, somehow, it feels almost as if the corpse is watching you. God, like frickin' Cicero for bloody Skyrim all over again. Do you make Thank any you. reaction as this man and his strange ward enter the room? I mean, we live with Alexander, so strange is sort of half of the course. So I'm going to try my best not to make a uh, reaction to that. The I would imagine that I wouldn't... I, I was going to say, as they come in, I will simply just nod my head as a welcoming go evening. The rotund, mm. rat-faced man takes a couple more steps into the centre of the room. Click, click, click. Then he leaves the wheelchair in its spot. Takes a step forward past it, approaches you, Roger, and holds out a chubby hand, his fingers like sausages. And he says, Evening, Clarence Bartleby. Pleased to make your acquaintance. What's his name? God. Bartleby. God damn it. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, but while you're having this interaction, I will be right back. No, perfect. Okay, here we go. And by the way, on we... his attempt to see whether he could see Roger or Greg as he entered the room, he rolled two successes and one success, and he did not see either of you. Hmm. And simply sit there and go, hmm, mm. good evening, Mr. Bartleby, and well, just over to the figure in the wheelchair, your He esteemed... looks up at you, oh. his eyes glimmering, and he says, the tongue! Of course, the ah. crawling tongue! Well, it's not all the crawling tongue, nor was it always the crawling tongue. He smiles. He says, no, no, the body is of my former business partner. Back when I was but a street magician. Went by the name of Gerald, he did. 
But mm. one day, when the kindred life had taken me, and I yearned to find meaning, I brought Gerald to the edge of Lake Michigan, and the tongue spoke to me. It crawled out of Lake Michigan, you see. It whirled up Gerald's body and went into his throat. And there it remains today. Oh, it choked the life out of him. He couldn't breathe as the tongue settled in his throat. But now the tongue is there. And it is the crawling tongue who guides me through this unlife. He smiles and he says, So tell me, Mr. Roger, if that is your real name, what brings, oh God, I love this guy. What brings <laughs> you here to my haven? Well, the whole, you know, if that is my real name, going, well, it was most, it's the name I choose to go by, so it's about as real as it gets. As for why I'm here, I was investigating something for an associate, and somehow my paths led me here. Would like you to please make a manipulation persuasion check. I like those. That's six successes. Six successes. Clarence Bartleby smiles. He says, Oh, is that so? And what manner of business were you investigating on behalf of your friend? If such a person exists, I have my doubts. And don't you, dear crawling tongue, he addresses the corpse in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. If it uh, pleases you and your esteemed associate here, we had been looking into a more recent disturbing discovery regards a possible attack on all kindred life, which led us to this facility. We hoped that we could... Uh, negotiate with those inside, though we weren't expecting a kindred to be here. I don't suppose you would be able to explain what it is you're doing here. Make a manipulation persuasion, persuasion check again, please. Oh. That is one, two, three, four... Uh, six successes, though two of those were tens. So that's seven? Yes, that's seven. Bartleby smiles, his eyes gleaming, and he seems to jump on the spot with excitement, and he says, Oh! He comes investigating an attack upon all kindred. Well, well, my lord's tongue, that must be the virus, is it not? Should I tell them, lord tongue? Should I tell them? He leans in. He leans in to and crouches next to the corpse and you hear him whisper almost as if he's conferring with it although you do not see it move nor mm -hmm. does it make any sound he nods I'm not saying a damn word to that <laughs> yeah he nods 
He looks up at you, climbs to his feet, and he says, Indeed, the crawling tongue has smiled upon you. Yes, the virus, the blood virus. Yes, yes, it comes from me. Of course it does. He says, Behind the door, the warehouse there is the lab where the virus is made. I have the thin bloods all locked up in cages, and I force them to work day and night to practice their alchemy at my behest, lest the crawling tongue devour them. You see, the crawling tongue, when it emerged from the depths of Lake Michigan, when it choked the life out of my partner, my touchstone, Gerald, it revealed to me that it could feed only on the blood of the kindred. And so, to save my own life, I agreed to serve the crawling tongue. Now, I am the most loyal servant of the tongue. It looks out for me, and I procure thin blood from which it can feed. Yes, 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 yes. He says, rubs his hands together. He says, the Tremere, my own clan, my own clan excommunicated me because of my worship of the crawling tongue. Thought me, thought to declare me nothing more than a caitiff. But who is superior now? Those who sit in the chantry reading books or I who serve the crawling tongue? <laughs> He laughs with obvious madness as he gestures towards the corpse in the wheelchair. He says, yes, Is yes, that... I... Yeah. Oh. Sorry, yep. Dale. Is there any check like... I hate to compare to D&D, but is there any like check it. like an uh, arcana check yeah, that I could you do may to make, see... You may make an intelligence insight check, please. Could I make one as well? Yeah, you may... Go ahead and make one. Because, yeah, this boy is... Yeah. Going to rouse first. Yep. That was a failure, but I still get one extra point. Um, I got three successes. So intelligence insight, so that becomes four. Okay, so, yeah. Four, three. So... You, oh, I got three successes. So you are familiar with the Tremere, a clan that has thrown in fully with the Camarilla. You haven't seen any yourself, as you do not mingle with the Camarilla or spend time in downtown Chicago. But the Anarchs speak of the Tremere as being blood sorcerers, using the power of their blood to cast terrible magic. And, furthermore, a very insular clan. Anyone who does not abide by the strict rules of the Chantry, the governing body of Ultramare, is expelled, excommunicated from the clan, declared a kaitiff, and, as such, losing any claim to a standing they would have in the Camarilla. Bartleby is just rubbing his hands together and laughing. He says, <laughs> Yes, yes. So, I had the thin bloods. And, well, I was approached by 
a member of the Camarilla, promised that he would put in the good word for me, and have me once again readmitted to the Camarilla, readmitted despite my servitude to the Lord's tongue, if only I would do him a boon. And so, mm. I had the thin blood modify a typhoid virus that I had acquired through old contacts, attenuated to be infectious to kindred, and then I approached the Second Inquisition through one of my ghouls and informed them of my work and of its use. And I hear it's worked quite well, if I do say so myself. <laughs> I thank the calling tongue for its guidance and insight. He gestures once again to the corpse. Um, I really wish I had a way to record all of this nonsense, so I... <laughs> um, now the corpse is... It's not, like, you organically to... decomposed that way, has it? it like, having the skin like it is isn't normal in well, just general knowledge? It, it just appears to be a heavily decomposed corpse. Um, but... Yes, it, it's possible. It, it for such a heavily decomposed corpse, the fact that it's still together, intact enough to sit in a wheelchair, indicates to you that there is something supernatural. Perhaps he has woven some blood magic over it. Despite that, you have not oh. seen the corpse move or make any sign of life, any sound, anything. The fact that he says it feeds on thin bloods makes me really hesitant to do what I want to do next. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame you there. Now, um, Bartleby claps his hands together. He says, I have explained myself. Your presence here is known. As the crawling tongue will decide what to do with you, please. You have the floor. Ask questions. Explain yourselves. Divulge whatever information you wish to the Lord's tongue. So it may make its choice. He takes a step back. Once again, standing, flanking the wheelchair as he waits to see if you have any response at all to the rather unsettling display that he just put on in front of you. How exactly does staking work? Is it just as long as they're impaled by a wooden object? Yep, so you need to, what you need to do is, well, with your stake launcher, you need yep. to hit them. And you need to deal at least three points of damage to get the stake in, and then they're going to torpor. That's it. It's done. Okay, okay. But a stake does not add any extra damage by itself. It's plus zero to damage. So you need at least yeah. three successes on the roll to actually get it in. Yeah. Um, uh... Not to question you, but when you gave it to me, you said it was a plus one. Was that a mistake? That was a mistake, I'm afraid. Okay, no, fine. I'll adjust that now. I just yeah. wanted to make sense. Um, sure. So, um, so he, Bartleby does not appear to have noticed either Barry or Greg still sitting while you wait. He addresses all of his beckoning to ask questions to Roger. Roger, do um, you say anything? And do the other two of you do anything? 
I would like to take aim with the stake launcher. Yep. And I and I but I do not want to pull the trigger nope, until I aim. hear what Roger's gonna say next. Yep. And yeah, of course, putting that on me. Ugh. Well, it depends on how he reacts to what you say next. Greg, oh, uh, Greg, what will you do? Are you going to get your Molotov out and just have it ready, or are you going to take aim with your gun? Or Oh, you know what? This Molotov's getting a bit ridiculous. I might just use the gun this time. Yes, all right. So you take... So both, uh, both Greg and Barry are using an action to aim their guns, which will give them a bonus on the firearms roll if they need to make one. Roger, what do you do? What do you say to this frightening... Short, rat-faced mm. little man in front of you. I am curious, though you have answered almost all of my questions, and I'm impressed with both your ingenuity and your resourcefulness, despite your excommunicado. I am... There is one curious notion I have. The one who helped put you and your Lord Tongues on this task. You said he was a high member of the Camarilla, correct? Or he was going to put in a word for you, is that correct? Please make a manipulation etiquette check. Ah, uh, I was going to get to the rest of the questions, but we'll do this oh, yeah. first. Yep, uh, we'll do this one first. Step on. That's five successes. Bartleby nods and he says, Yes! Yes! A Ventruancilla says that the rest of the Camarilla, and indeed the Primogen, have his ear. A Ventru... What was the thing Ancilla. after? Ancilla. You know that the word Ancilla is to refer to a kindred who is at least 100 years... 50 to 100 years old. Oh, well, mm, oh. See, I already know who this is, and I don't know how Say That Lad's going to get a reaction out of him or what his reaction's going to be, but... <sighs> um... Mm. Sorry, just really trying to think of a way to ask questions without completely going to shit automatically. <laughs> I am... Well, I, I believe that I may personally know of whom you're speaking of. I suppose I'm going to give him a rough description of Mickey McGee, but without saying his name. He listens, and then he's about to say something, but he, his gaze turns to the corpse next to him, and he says, Yes? Yes, my lord! He kneels down, places his ear to the thing's drooping, gaped, gaping mouth. And then he nods, and he says, Very well! I shall say nothing! The crawling tongue has deemed you too dangerous! Our chances at the Camarilla will be squandered! Unless you can prove... That you are not the enemy of our benefactor. Yes! Well, 
It just so happens that uh, if we are talking of the same person, considering his reaction to it, then I myself am a side of your benefactor, and I see no reason why we would be enemies now, would we? <laughs> the child! The child! Oh, our benefactor! Isn't that fortunate, my lord's tongue? He claps his hands, he kneels <laughs> down, and he says, Yes! 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 He stands up and he smiles and he says, The crawling tongue is impressed. The crawling tongue is happy. That Mickey McGee has seen fit to give us a I gift. shoot him in the back. You shoot him in what? the back? Yep. Oh, I wanted yep. to hear what he was going to At least let him finish the sentence. <laughs> yeah, all right, let him finish the sentence. <laughs> Come on, he man. To, oh, he says, I cannot wait until he finishes incriminating himself. The crawling tongue has deemed it fortunate and appreciates Mickey McGee's gift, a gift of his child for it to feed upon. Yep, okay, now you can definitely fucking shoot it. Okay. No, yep. I'm going to arouse him. Oh, yep, wait, gonna, sorry. Go you, have, you have aim, so you get an extra dice from aiming, but you can also rouse the blood. Yep. Uh, that was a critical success. So, it was a 10, so I don't yep. use hunger. Yep. So, is it a dex gun? Dex, dex firearms? Dex firearms, yes. And then, so is that two extra dice now because is, of the aiming yep, and. And the round's blood, go ahead. Cool, that's four, seven, nine. Okay. Yeah, nine, three. That's eight and a messy critical. Oh, dear. Eight Lord. and a messy critical. He's going to attempt to get a dodge, however, he is. Rise, so it's going to be at a penalty, leaving him with a dice pool of... Let's see. Well, he's going to attempt to rouse the blood. He rouses the blood, passes his check, and adds three dice to his oh. giving him a dice pool of six to dodge with. He gets, oh, that means I've got a guaranteed two. Yeah. He gets six successes. You fire a stake... <laughs> You fire a stake at him out of your stake launcher. The stake hits him, but bounces off his shoulder as he dodges just in time. You needed three successes for it to embed itself. Fucking... Of course. Okay, so now it's down to three ammo. Okay. okay. Uh, well, I'm Greg. immediately going yeah. to uh, yep. Yep. Roger, up my fortitude. Like? I'd like to immediately up my fortitude because I imagine this is going to end yep. badly. So so your fortitude is already active, so what happens is if you take damage, you make a rouse check, and then you Oh, okay, so it's just an active fortitude. thing. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so wonderful. So fortitude is okay. passive already, so your health uh, is already increased by two just from having fortitude, but then the damage soaking ability comes if you get hit and you make a rouse check. Okay, so and that... Uh, 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 that's uh, yep. Yeah. yep, so Greg, what would you like to do? Oh, hmm. Well, I can't let five bullets into a person. Actually, no, I can't, can I? Yeah, you can. You can just open up, fire into him. Oh, beautiful. Let's go. He's a vampire, oh, so... It, it will hurt him. Yeah. So but that's, it's not going to kill him outright. Right, vampire. So dex plus firearms, that is going to be a uh, dice pool of four for you, unless you want to rouse the blood to get an extra two dices. Yeah, but doesn't my hunger go up to four? Only if only, only if, if you the, fail. Yeah, only if you fail and don't get six or above on the D ten. 
Oh, let's 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 just try it. Let's just try it. Yep. So roll a d10 to rouse the blood. Yeah, okay. Well, that was a try. Did you go up to hug yeah. the four? Yeah. All right, hunger four, oh, yeah, but you yeah. still get two extra dice. That is a dice pool of six with hunger four. All right, so it's hunger four. Done. That is two successes. That's two not successes. Much. He's going to. Well, he's not going to rouse the blood this turn. Turn instead, he's just going to go in for his dodge. That is two successes. So you hit him for one point of superficial damage as you. Fire your gun! Bang! 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 Satisfactorily impressed. Yes. The bullet hits him. Blood begins to spurt out, and then he raises his hands and he shouts, "Help me, Lord Tongue!" And with that, terrified, shocked, as in a single movement, the sunken, empty eye sockets of the corpse light up, glowing a bright yellow, and it stands. Hefting itself oh. out of the wheelchair, and it rushes for the nearest person in front of it, which is Roger. So, Roger, Yay. what would you like to do? Uh, I don't know what I have that could even help at this point, because I'm not good at dodging, I'm not good at getting out of the way. I doubt me asking Bartleby to call this thing off is going to do shit. And I doubt me talking to it is going to do shit. Mm-hmm. You know, just try it. You could either dodge or you could try to fight back with a brawl action or you could try to shoot it. Um, You know, I'm going to turn the uh, my flashlight on it. See yep. if the lights from that, you know, I immediately set that to sunlight and see if that does anything. See if that does anything. Very well. So I would like you to make uh, a, let's say, let's say a dexterity athletics check to raise the flashlight <laughs> and point it straight at the, at well, that's to be great. opposed to its fighting brawl, to its uh, strength roll check. Yeah, I'm going to immediately rouse the blood, because I am out of my comfort zone here now. Yep. That is a 9, which gives me a whopping 4 to try and... Wait, you say... You said Dex Athletics, yeah? Ah, yeah, Dex Athletics. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's two successes. Two successes? The thing, the crawling tongue, gets three successes. You reach yeah, for your flashlight, you turn it on, and as you're about to switch it to the UV setting, the creature silently slams at you. Its bone, its bony fingers, sudden, having suddenly grown into two, three centimeter long claws, it slashes your body. With its level 1 potence, it bypasses one point of armor and uh, deals one point of aggravated damage to you. Your armor just, protects you from the other point. Okay, so that's... yeah. However, you flip the light onto UV as you reel from the hit, pointed at the creature. It instantly raises its both of its arms, covering its yellow eyes, and reels back 
flinching. You see smoke beginning to rise off its leathery skin, and it takes a single point of aggravated damage. Alright, one for one. Okay, Barry, what would you like to do? Going to try and stake this guy again. You know, aim at him to stake, okay? Yeah. Go ahead, firearm, dex firearms check. Um, I'm not going to use hunger this time. Well, I'm not going to rouse. Uh, the uh, seven three. Hey, I'll jump on. Hey, uh, guys. Yep. Hey, Tom says hi. Hi, Tom. Hi. Who is this, Tom? I'll just, talk. We just stopped in. Yep, I'll hi, talk guys, to you. Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Everyone, say hi. Oh, hi. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later when I'm done, Tom, and I'll catch you up on what happened. Alright, sounds good. See ya. Alright, yeah. So what? Uh, so, this interjection has been brought forward by M1. <laughs> so <laughs> I would like uh, uh, Barry to make a Dex uh, firearms check, please. I got a two. A two. Well, he is not attempting to dodge it, so you fire two. Huh? You, you fire thunk! The stake hits him, and as it digs into his chest, he raises a hand, and he is going to make a... Uh, he's going to make a blood sorcery roll. Mm. An intelligence blood sorcery roll. So that is for him. Three plus three, so a dice pool of six. And uh, there we go. He gets three successes. The stake starts digging into his chest, and then, ping! You hear, you, you see a blink of light spill forth from his hands. The stake is violently ejected from the hole in his chest and flung across the room. It hits the wall and splits into two, clattering uselessly against yeah. the ground. And then, after he's done, you, hear, you see him closing his eyes, muttering under his breath as he gestures both arms in the air, begins to, begins to flail his hands and twirl his fingers casting some sort of blood sorcery spell. He's going to make a rouse check. Okay, he stays at hunger one. And he is going oh. to use his extinguish vitae spell. He is going to target Greg. So I need Greg to please make a stamina plus composure check. And he will be doing an intelligence plus blood sorcery check, so six for him. Oh god. Would you say intelligence versus... So intelligence plus composure versus his... Uh, stamina plus composure for you versus his intelligence plus blood sorcery. I'm looking for five dice, aren't I? Yep, you're looking at five dice. Ah, I got a hang of this. Alright, we're doing five to my hunger at four, isn't it? Yep, yep. That is one success. One success. Oh, he got God. he got three successes over you. Of course he did. Of course he did. He Hello, Mr. OP. He extinguishes the unlife-giving properties of the blood in your body, instantly shooting you to hunger five. Fuck. I need you to please make a willpower check, 
Greg as you feel hunger frenzy setting in. So your uh, willpower points, each of those is a dice. And you require uh, at least three to not hunger frenzy. Where's my willpower? Okay, I need so three... Successes. Six, seven. Well, no, I, I can't count I have three. It's seven, so it's a D7? So it's a D10. It's a D each, one D10 for each point of willpower you have. So that will be seven D10. for you. So one, two, three, four, five, seven. Yeah, seven D10s with your willpower. All right, here you we have go. fairly Let's... good willpower. I hope so too. All right, here we go. Wait, oh, sh- oh, no, that's 17. No, false alarm, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So how many successes did you get? Okay, successes count anything above five. So any anything six or above is a success. Oh, okay, that is five successes. Five successes. Ooh. You feel your beast inside you calling, grab the nearest thing and feed, feed! But you force it down and remain in control of yourself, but you feel incredibly hungry, you feel weak as there is very little blood in your body to sustain you currently. It is, uh, Greg, what would you like to do? Do I have enough time to throw a Molotov cocktail at him? You can. Um, what's the proximity oh, between everyone else and this, this guy? Uh, so, it's a small room, you're all confined within a room that's like 5 feet by, well, it's like 10, 20 feet in area, so... Mm, probably not yeah. mm. You know, just try and shoot right. him again. Oh, yeah, I mean, for the eye sockets, let's do this. Yep, alright, well, so Maybe go. don't kill him, I prefer we probably best yeah. get him alive. Just so weaken him enough first. so you could stake him. So go ahead, make a... So... You can do have a dice pool of four with your AK. If you use your pistol, you have a specialization in handguns. You'll get five dice if you use your handgun, but it will deal less damage. Oh, I do like the idea of using five dice. So yeah, so you you reach into your coat, holst, unholster your silenced handgun, and fire. Please roll five dice, and they will all be hunger dice. Oh, also be five four. Yeah, so oh, five no. dice. Two successes. Two successes. He's once again not attempting to dodge. And so yeah. you hit him two successes and deal four points of superficial damage to him. He has dead. he is has one health point left on his tracker, then he'll be impaired. He continues muttering, flailing his hands in the air as he spends another rouse point as he rouses his blood again this time he critically fails increases his hunger to three and this time he targets roger roger please make a uh stamina composure check Uh, three. Three. Bartleby opens his mouth, spits blood onto the 
floorboards in front of him and then points his finger at you, extinguishing some of the vitae in your system. He rolled five successes, and so he increases oh. your hunger by two. Oh, so back to three. Glad I ate before I got here. That would have been a problem otherwise. Roger, what are you doing? You're going to continue aiming the flashlight at the... Uh, yeah, I, there's not a whole lot else I can... As much as I'd like to try and, like, dominate the other guy into surrendering, there's not a lot I can really do at the moment. Yep. like, this thing's attention seems to be solely focused on me. Yep. You see it fighting through the UV light as it rushes towards you, its arms flailing. Please make a dex athletics check again. Yeah, should be not doing that. There's the blood. It's... But I'll give it a go, because I really need the extra two dice, though. That's an ace, so yep, I get four fine. instead of two. Yep. Okay. Come on. Big money. Big, big, big money? That's, that's, that's two. Two? Two to two. You both got two. So it rushes towards you, slashes at you with its hand. Its potence bypasses one of your armor points. You take another point of aggravated damage, unless you would like to rouse your blood and use your fortitude to to uh, soak that. Um. So is there a case if I rouse the blood and if I pass it works, if well, I fail you, it doesn't? You just rouse the blood, and regardless of whether you pass or fail, you can't directly okay. soak the aggravated damage, but you can downgrade that to superficial damage. Yeah, I'm going to do that. That's... It's uh, just a six. Yep, that's a pass. So he hits you, and you call up your blood. Your skin hardens, and he's unable to tear through your flesh, downgrading yeah. that one point of aggravated damage to the point of superficial damage instead. Meanwhile, you keep pointing the flashlight towards the creature. It reels away, still holding its arms to block out the light and takes two points of aggravated damage. Barry, what would you uh, like to do? Um, I'm going to pull out the 9mm and try and shoot uh, Bartleby. Yep, sure you don't want to try to stake him one more time? Yeah. Well, I need to get three passes. You said before in a meta thing yeah, that he only needs one more damage to... Yeah, to be impaired. Oh. Yeah. To be impaired, which means he'll start taking aggravated damage instead of superficial. But he'll get a penalty on oh, his no. dice pools. So, so no. it is a good idea if you impair him and then try to stake him, you'll have a better chance of doing that. Nah, fuck it. I'll try and stake him one more time. Um, right. Greg, Greg seems to have the damage. Yep. All right. Go ahead. Control. Make a Dex firearms check. Uh, I am going to rouse the blood, though. Yep. Hey, that's another critical success. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Uh, so that is BR83. Four, I'm going to use the willpower. Yep. BR3. And that's another two, so that's six. Successes. Bartleby laughs. Protect me, worm! And he rouses, oh, fuck off. <laughs> rouses his... Protect me, tongue! And he rouses his blood 
failing, you're putting himself to hunger four, and adds three dice to his dice pool. Of course. Giving him a dice pool of, let me see, exactly six to try to dodge. And he gets a bestial failure. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that there's a bestial there worries me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me let me enjoy my success <laughs> for the split second before it all goes to shit, please. He tries to dodge, but he attempts to. He bends his knees to dodge, but then he seems to think better of it. In a split in a split second, he opens his mouth and roars, Aah! and he just runs at you, Barry, flailing his arms wildly oh as you fire oh your. As you fire your stake, the stake flies towards him, hits him in the chest. He runs towards you, his mouth open, his roar still going, ah, ah, as the stake hits him. He ceases to move, but not before he strikes you with his claws, dealing two points of aggravated damage. Uh, is that taking into account my armor? Actually, no. One point of aggravated damage in that case. Cool. He stops, his hands in mid-air, and then the glimmer in his eyes fades. His skin turns pale grey as the blood remaining ekes out of it. His flesh turns hardened, ash-like, and wordlessly, stiff like a board, he falls to the ground. The crawling tongue hisses, opening its mouth. As it opens its mouth, Roger, you see its throat squirming, Mm-mm. bulging. What do Mm-mm. you do? Continue, you're going to take a step back, keep pointing the flashlight yeah, I, at it. You know what? Can I, can I move while still pointing the flashlight? Sure I really can. don't want to. I don't want to be near that thing wherever it coughs up. <laughs> Please make a double dex check, so dex plus dex. Oh, good. See, that's that, that I like. That's... That's already four, not my best, but I'll take it. Stop dropping dice. Belt ball. <laughs> uh, three successes. God help me. Three. The creature doubles over. The throat continues to writhe, and then the gaping mouth opens wider. And with a loud, the corpse throws up what is in its throat. You see a blackened, rotten flesh tongue fly out of its mouth towards you. And you duck as it sails over your head, lands on the floorboard, squirms and twitches, and then is still. The corpse falls over, the tongue no longer giving it life. But then before your eyes, the crawling tongue itself flips, flails, and begins to break down until it turns into nothing more than a single plume of smoke that rises off the ground and, carried on an invisible wind, sails out of the open door. I'd like you all to make wits awareness checks, please. Ah, wits awareness, that is six. It's just three dice. Yep. Case. Yep. Well, for uh, you, with awareness, you're just... good at that. You get you get six for that, and one you're good at that. I got four successes. I got three. Three, lovely. 
I got five. Oh, lovely. Nicely done, sir. So as Ooh. the as the plume of smoke that was once the tongue flies out into the cold night, you see the bright yellow eyes of the corpse flicker and blink once again to blackness. And then each of the three of you hears from somewhere behind you, somewhere outside, the flapping of feathered wings. You whirl around just in time to see a large black bird, its eyes a piercing yellow, momentary, mm. give you a momentary glance before it disappears into the darkness, taking flight. Mm. That's fun. That's okay. <laughs> We're totally yeah. fine. That's... Oh, because that's the first time half of us have seen it. The only one yeah. we've seen it before has been... Ha! I knew I wasn't crazy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but either way, it's just the rest of the going... That the crawl... just yeah, happened. That just happened. The crawling tongue, whatever it is, is inert. Clarence Bartleby is staked in torpor. Okay, um... First off, I'm going to ask Roger... You reckon you're up for a dominate anytime soon? And does yeah. dominate allow you to make someone tell you the truth? It does, it can. It does, it can. Well, let's go see if he really does have all these thin bloods locked up in cages out here. I mean, he's not going anywhere. We could very yeah. easily just drag him into the next room. Oh, yeah, bring him with us. Yeah, sure. Greg but, um... drags him behind him as the rest of you push open the door that he emerged from, stepping into the darkened warehouse. You look around, waiting for your eyes to adjust to the darkness, and then you see it. Where a normal warehouse would be filled with rows upon rows of crates, boxes and goods, the entire open portion of this warehouse is taken up by large, human-sized iron cages at least 10 or more of them each containing a single human figure who just watches stares at you silently as you make your way through the warehouse some of them exchanging looks all of them pale thin you can tell that they are thin bloods and they have not fed for a long time. Okay, I'm gonna go up to one who... I imagine they're all in different states of mind at the moment, but I'm gonna yeah. go to someone who seems to still be, you know, about, keeping his wits about him. About half of them are just silently watching. Others, are, others have grabbed the bars and are pulling them and shouting, let us out, let us out, for the love of God, let us out. Others are weeping, crying in the fetal position at the bottom of their cages. You approach okay, one of well the that's... silent... You approach one of the silent ones, a female with shoulder-length blonde hair. She looks at you, watches you with bloodshot eyes. You see her tongue licking her, licking her lips on her pale skin, and you see her jostling on her feet. She is incredibly hungry, but seems to be exerting as much effort as she can to stave off the urge to 
reach out, try to grab you and feed from you. Okay, I am going to say to her, um, what happens next is entirely up to you. My partner here is going to dominate you. Do not resist it. If you resist it, it will be a sign in the negative towards you. He is then going to ask you if you did all this willingly or were forced to. You will answer him correctly. Answer him truthfully. Uh, please make a Charisma Intimidate check. Okay, so that's one dice. Cool! Or, if you prefer, you say that and then Greg can step forward and use his doors. Yeah, that might work better. So you say the words and then Greg steps forward, turns on his presence. Greg, I'd like you to make a Manipulation Intimidation check. That will be a dice pool of six because you're adding the two dots of Presence discipline to it. Alright, six to four, let's do this. That is two successes. Greg steps forwards, his eyes glow red, he bares his fangs and growls. <sighs> the woman takes a step back from the edge of the cage, and the look on her face informing you that she is terrified, she silently nods. Roger okay. steps forwards. Looks her in the eye and says, Tell us why you are here. Tell us the truth. She nods. She opens her mouth and in a whimpering voice she says, That that, that, that Tremere and his his thing they, they they captured us, locked us up in here. There are only ten of us now, but there used to be many more. Twenty, or even more than that. Those of us who would be chosen by the thing he called the, 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 the tongue would be taken into the other room, would never come back. The others were forced to stay here, work blood alchemy. We were told that if we did not do if we did not use our blood alchemy to, 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 to alter the samples we were given of a virus, that the crawling tongue would choose us next. And so we had no choice. We worked, spent all our blood, and here we are, wasted before you. So none of this was by choice. Did anyone here do this willingly? Or were they all forced into it? We were we were all forced. We were each trying to just make our way in, in Chicago. We, we, we have a contact in the Anarchs. Jackie. If she knew mm. where we were, she would help us. She wanted to take us away from the parts of Chicago ruled by the Camarilla, relocate us to Baron Anita's domain. Each of us was captured in transit. Jackie, to this day, remains unaware of where we are. Okay, well, I can see that all of you are starving, and that is to be expected. 
if we let you go, you are to contact Jackie, and if you feed, you are not to go crazy with it. Otherwise, I personally will hunt you down. The woman just nods furiously, and she says, yes, yes, well, whatever you say, whatever you say. All around you, all of the other thin ones got in agreement and shout, yes, yes. However, I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I'm watching this and going, maybe we should just call her and tell her yeah. to come here. There is that option. Would you like to contact Jackie and tell her the thin ones are here? Furthermore, they are all incredibly hungry. That may actually be better. It just seems a little bit safer than going here. We'll just let this entire group run straight out onto the streets. That's probably true. Uh... I'll give her a call. Yeah, um, before we call her, though... We might want to get rid of all this evidence, but we might want to destroy all the um, uh, equipment and everything first, so that because we're technically, we're technically, yeah, we're technically working for the Camarilla at the moment. We don't exactly want the Anarchs to come in here and, and yeah, yeah, you know, get a one up on the Camarilla when we're working for the Camarilla. So Barry and Greg, you fan out, you search the rest of the warehouse, you eventually find in a small office at the back a table loaded with chemistry equipment, test tubes, beakers, Bunsen burners, and next to it a cardboard box containing a couple of handfuls of empty syringes. This is clearly where the virus samples are made. You take these, place them out in the reception lobby next to the torpid form of Bartleby. And then... Um, yep. Would it be worth, considering what we've been through up to this point, would it be worth, uh, in inverted commas, torching the place? Just get rid of the evidence completely? I'm not seeing how that's inverted. That's legitimately yep. what you're aiming to do here. Yeah. Well, that's why I was originally going to let the prisoners go before, instead of calling. But um, uh, Roger brought up a good point of uh, if we just let ten starving kindred out on the streets, there may be a bloodbath. Yeah, so as some of them won't be able to control themselves, we might have to dispose of the prisoners. Well, we're getting some. I literally, I legitimately <laughs> just said I'm gonna call some to pick them up so they don't kill anyone. We so, can look. We can get rid of some of this stuff. Call yeah. the Anarchs to come pick up the prisoners and then torch the place. Sure. All right. I'm gonna get whilst <laughs> this is all under, underway. I'm gonna slowly start stuffing the rag into the Molotov cocktail. Yep. Ready to torch the place. So, uh, Barry, you take the equipment you found outside to the car, place it in the boot while. Roger pulls out his phone, dials Jackie's number. It rings <laughs> until Jackie answers. Hello? Roger, Mr. Roger Elliot. It's been a while. Been a few um, weeks since that. Been a few weeks ever since the rave. Uh, what's Roger happening? Roger Max. Roger oh, yeah. Maxwell. Thank yes. you. Roger Maxwell. And she Miss. Says, yeah. She says, "Oh, my bad. Sorry." Uh, We've, uh, we've been pretty busy here on my end of the Anarchs. I, I am s really sorry. <laughs> she says, uh, what can I do for you? Uh, keep in mind, uh, if this is about boons, uh, 
It might have to wait, she says. She's no, no. Well, uh, well, if you consider that, you may be owing me more than once after what I tell you. I don't suppose you uh, lost any half-blood kindred as of late? You hear her perk up immediately, and she says, Thin bloods? Yes, mm-hmm. we lost about 20 of them. We've been smuggling them through the Camarilla part of the city, out to East Chicago, where Baron Anita has safe houses. There's a, there's a bunch of thin bloods out there. All of them living alongside the other Anarchs and out of the reach of the Camarilla. But, well, the latest batch that we've tried to smuggle out have gone missing, and I bet that traitor Damien is behind it. Before we start uh, pointing no, blame, like the Anarchs. <laughs> I was going to say, before we start pointing blame, you'll be happy to know that we've recovered, well, what's left of them. They've been rec- we found them at a facility where they'd been captured and being used to, uh, oh, you know what? You bring here. We're, we need at least ten picked up. So bring down something large that can transport a lot of people, and I'll fill you in the details when you get here. Just remember, no jumping the gun and blaming others, and you owe me for this. You, you found them? She stutters, and then she says, Okay, I'll be right there. And then you hear a shout, Genghis, get a truck ready! And she hangs up. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. I was going to say before she hangs up, just don't fucking sing, Genghis. It's like, ah. Oh. You wait about oh. 20 minutes, or you wait about 20 minutes to half an hour or so. You still hear the thin bloods inside rattling the bars on the cages, shouting to be let Um, free. Yep. While we're waiting, we're going to move the torpored corpse. Ah, yes. So Uh, when the Anarchs get here, they don't try and... Yeah, probably put that in the boot of the car. Yeah, that's a good idea. While you wait... We don't don't want Genghis walking in and going, is this the bastard? Is this the guy responsible? Snap, now he's dead. Hooray! (laughs) Yeah, none of that shit. Fuck off. <laughs> while you while you wait, you lift up uh you lift up the torpid form of Bartleby, carry him between you, and throw him in the boot of the car with all the equipment. Shut the boot, and then you wait. About twenty minutes later, sure enough, a large semi-trailer pulls up onto the lot. Peering behind the windscreen, you see Genghis, his giant spiked mohawk nearly reaching the roof of the cabin and as he sees you he narrows his eyes points at one of them and then points at you i'm watching you yeah i just literally i literally just peer underneath the the sunglasses i seem to wear almost constantly and just go mm-hmm, sure buddy <laughs> jackie emerges from the back of the truck wearing her purple her skin-tight purple sequined dress, as per usual, carrying her pink handbag. She makes her way to the front of mm. the uh, front of the truck, shoots a glare at Genghis, and then turns to you. Mm. In the background, you can hear the thin bloods. Let me out, please! You said you were gonna free us. Yeah, we probably should have told them that we did have transport coming, but yeah, this is fine too. Yeah, whatever. She looks at you all, brushes a black hair out of her eyes, and says, I presume they're in there? She thumb gestures her thumb yes. to the warehouse. 
While it may seem mildly inhumane, we thought it was safer to keep them in their cages until transport arrived. Last thing we want after tonight is nearly a dozen or so starving kindred loose on the streets. She nods and she says, and you just stumbled upon them by chance. She narrows her eyes. Well, I'm simply smiling and go, my dear, we were sent here. We were sent here on a job. It matters not who for. All that matters is that we've stopped a great and powerful threat to all kindred. And we are going to look into the ones responsible for this. Narrows, Don't you worry. She narrows her eyes and says, a job, huh? Then, after a few seconds of silence, she shrugs and she says, well, you didn't turn them over to Damien or Prince Jackson. That's good enough for me. She says, all right, Genghis, let's go in, get them. She says, oh, by the way, using my ore specs, I can see you've got a passenger in the back, in the boot of your car there, she winks. Mm. And she says, so, in order to avoid owing you a future boon, I'll throw one on the table right now. I, I guess you've uh, had a bit of a tangle in there. So if so, after Genghis and I have extracted the thin bloods, we will torch the place for you. In the background, like that's up to Greg. In, in the background, you just hear Greg go, "Ah, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> As he's already already put mm. the cloth in all three of the Molotov cocktails. I'll put a hand up and just go. I'll just I'll just put a hand up and go. No, no, we would prefer that you get these, this lot safely out of, eh, out of the, uh, Camarilla's jurisdiction. We will as handle this. As he reveals his, <laughs> in the background, Greg <laughs> reveals his Molotov a little bit more. Like, we... I don't know what a plan comes together. Yeah, we will handle, since this is our job, we will handle the, uh, removal of evidence, and we'll keep, I'll keep an eye on that, uh, Jackie. Let's just say. For, hmm? Yep. No, no, you go. No, you finish. Finish. I I don't really have much more to add to that, rather than oh, just. Yeah. Jackie just. Don't shrugs, worry about the guy in the boot. Jackie just shrugs and she says, "Okay, well, you ever want me to repay this? You have my phone number." Yes, it's nothing personal. It's just I understand the capabilities of, and as I say this, I look directly in Genghis's direction and goes the destructive capabilities of certain people. I We need this contained, not on the front page of the news. You understand. As you say this, you see the passenger side window roll down. Genghis sticks his head out and says, Eh, fuck you, Cammies! Nice <laughs> to see you too, Mr. Genghis. Always a pleasure. Jackie just sighs and enters the warehouse, and over the next ten minutes, you just stand by your car and watch as she leads the thin bloods out one by one, presumably so she can handle them if they succumb to hunger frenzy, and leads them into the back of the truck. Once all ten are secure, she shuts the back doors of the truck, makes sure they are securely locked, and then climbs into the passenger side seat of the cabin. She smiles as she pulls the door shut behind her and calls out, Thanks again! I owe ya! And then as Genghis places one hand on the wheel, 
As he reaches down to turn on the ignition, he looks in your direction and once again taps his eye and then points at you. And then points, then hangs his head out of the wound down window once again and says, You remember, you fuck with us, I'll fucking ash you all over that concrete. What have we done to him? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Just adopted the Brooklyn accent and went fucking mm. nuts with it. Yeah. The light, headlights of the truck turn mm. on, the engine roars, and the truck reverses out of the driveway, off mm. the lot, and into the darkness. As soon as they're saying just here, Roger audibly so goes, Sooner or later I'm going to have to talk with that one. I almost relish the experience. As for now, Greg, I believe you've been holding on to those bottles all night. We have some cleaning to do. Clicks, <laughs> clicks the zipper. <laughs> I think we have yep. some housekeeping. <laughs> so, Barry and, uh, Barry and, well, Roger, you've been around fire before and you know how mm. it startles your beast. So, you just tap Roger on the shoulder, point to the warehouse and then climb into the front seat of your car. Turn your yeah. back to what is about to oh, unfold. Yeah. Just, ca just casually go, oh yeah, you uh, might want to prepare yourselves. The fire is not a pleasant experience, as I've found. And then... I could just... Oh, yeah. I, I, I get in the car as well. <laughs> yep. And then Barry nods, climbs into the car, as Greg raises the first Molotov, ignites the cloth, and hurls it. Smash! It explodes, engulfing the roller door with flame. He raises another one, lights it, and hurls it. It flies through the open staff door, setting the reception area alight. Within seconds, flame has engulfed the entire building, consuming it in a giant bright orange conflagration. And then, as he reaches for the third... Greg, I'd like you to make a willpower check, please. Yeah. Please, like, turn around and say, like, oh my god, that was a lot less theatrical than I thought. The movies yeah, don't this, do it justice. <laughs> this is where things are probably going to get derailed. Oh, well, we've still got one more left. Um, what was it, sorry? Willpower. So seven dice again. Alright. Uh, VR seven, or is it just... Oh, no, it's just yep, rolling. Yeah, VR seven. seven. Plus five, you do have your hunger dice. You do have five hunger. Mm. Oh shit! So that's where one. I'm worried. Okay, so roll seven d ten first. Yep. We have got mm, two passes there. Two passes, very well. Ooh, you needed yeah. three, and so after you, as you see Greg reach for the third Molotov, suddenly, as there's a big whoosh of hot air, <laughs> as flames engulf the front of the building. You suddenly see Greg turn around. He starts banging on the window of the car, shouting, Oh my god, let me in! Gotta get away! <laughs> Inside Greg, you know his beast is calling. Away! <laughs> away from the cleansing! Away from the fiery death! Barry, reach over. <sighs> you open the door, and Greg scrambles in. He tosses the third Molotov cocktail. It rolls under the driver's side on the floor under the driver's side just... seat. Not lit. Yeah. 
Okay, like, cool. I'm either way. I'm gonna pick that up before we start yeah. drumming. Because what the fuck, man? You reach over, pick it up, just as Greg hurls himself across the back seat, buries his face in his hands, and starts rocking back and forth. Ah, drive! Just drive! <laughs> you slam your pedal on the accelerator. The engine roars, and you scream off into the night, leaving. Yeah the burning warehouse behind you, the orange flames lighting the night, the plumes of black smoke filling the black sky above and swallowing up the few stars that look down upon you. And that concludes this episode. Bringing Gum, bringing him back, bringing... Uh, Bartleby back to the Succubus Club will be something you do next session. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, pick um, up. Um, you don't have to head to the Succubus Club right away. In fact, as you drive off, you text Damien telling him that the quarry has been captured. Your phone beeps. Beep, beep. It simply says, store him somewhere safe. The Primogen... Uh, dot, 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 riled up momentarily. Wait a few mm. nights, keep him safe, and bring him when I invite you. Until then, make sure he remains torpid. Make sure no one knows where he is. Damien. So before we enter hey. this session, I would like, seeing as how uh, Greg is at Hunger 5, and couldn't possibly start the next session, I would like Greg to please make to feed. So what Greg will be doing is, Greg, your pet predator type is an extortionist. You feed on others in return for performing uh, services for them. In your capacity as a civil servant, you pass on inside information to journalists nudge in laws for politicians, help pass policies for others who can't quite go through the official channels in return to receive blood. So I would like you to please make a manipulation and intimidate check. Manipulation and intimidate check, so that would yes. be... Oh, lost the shape. Where is it? Uh, sorry. That would, that would be for you. That would be for you. Three dice for intimidation because you've got the coercion specialty. Plus three five. Flesh, so five dice altogether. Yep. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So be five three. No, five five. Sorry. Wasn't it? Yep. That, that is two successes. Two successes. And so, as you all return to the haven, by the time you return to the haven, it is just after two a.m. You have couple hours free before you must retire for the night. Barry and Roger take the torpid form of Bartleby into the haven. And where do you store him? That is a question. My um, armories, they're hidden, aren't they? That's the they point of hidden. buying That's the armories, the isn't it? Yes, yeah, so they're hidden. Can I 
hollow out one of the armories, like take out all the padding and the guns and just <laughs> store him in there. Stuff him yep. in a freaking locker. Yeah, oh, basically just move, move so him in the floor like or something. With him. Take, yeah. You tell Roger you'll take care of him and as you pass by the kitchen, you hear Alexander's crooning voice. Come on, all you have to do is eat it. It's only a blood flower. You shudder. Not dealing dealing with that today. (laughs) You shudder and carry the torpid form into Barry's, into Barry's personal haven. There, Roger, you watch as Barry reveals his weapon lockers in a hidden compartment behind a fake piece of wall, opens one of the lockers, removes all the padding, removes the guns within and then the two of you place the two of you place the torpid form of Bartleby inside so that he stands upright his dead torpid eyes silently staring at you you smile and shut the locker door sealing him in as Roger pulls the lever outside the compartment and the fake wall slides back into place. He will be safe there until Damien calls upon you. It could be a day, it could be a week, it could be months, but when the time comes to make your case to the Prince and the Primogen to emerge in Elysium, explain how the Thin Bloods are innocent, and present the true culprit behind the blood virus you will be ready and perhaps while you were there while you were in Elysium talking to all of the Primogen and the Prince perhaps you may raise the topic of these strange dark birds and learn once and for all what they are and what they represent meanwhile Greg says goodbye at the Haven, climbs into his car and makes the trip back into downtown to City Hall, doing his best to keep the beast under control. He rushes into his office, raises the phone off the receiver, dials through one of the crooked politicians he's currently working for, tells him that he's currently putting the stamp of approval on Proposition 88, the law to have a $5 tax on all on all street vendors in the downtown, all street food vendors in the downtown Chicago area for each product sold, and to, and to meet him at your office, to meet him at his office for the payment, the, re- the usual payment. Sure enough, the politician arrives. And Greg, you hold out the piece of paper with your stamp of approval on it. He reaches out to take it, but you rip it away from him at the last minute. You smile, your eyes glowing red, open your mouth, bearing your fangs, and say, Ah, uh, 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 payment first. You reduce your hunger to one as you feed from the politician, but you do not kill him. After all, he is one of your contacts. And killing him would prevent you from being able to extort payment from him in the future. Once the feeding is done, you rouse your blood 
maintaining your hunt. Oh, we don't need to rouse blood to play out of memory. Once you are done feeding, you hand him the paper, look him in the eyes, and whisper, forget. A glazed look washes over the man's face. He holds the piece of paper in front of him with Greg's stamp of approval. He smiles and he says, uh, the, the money will be uh, in your bank account by uh, this time tomorrow morning. Thank you once again. Fare thee well, Mr. Maximilian. He nods, bows and turns, leaving Greg alone in his office. Fed, he's no longer hungry at Hunger One. And that concludes this episode. You each gain five experience points. You also gain a boon from Damien. Oh. As you did manage to stake Bartleby and bring him back alive. You haven't yet presented him to the Primogen, but the time will come for that. All Damien Damn, asks of you now is to keep him hidden and safe. So that he may be presented to the prince and his court when the time comes. And I believe we also get a boon from Jackie as well for... Yes, a boon from Jackie as well. And, in addition, each of you gains a dot of status with the Anarchs. So that's an advantage. And it is status bracket... A status brackets anarchs and you get one star one dot with it. Uh, is that influence with anarchs? Uh, no. Status. No. So, so that must be merits. Oh no, no it's, it's, in, it's in background. Oh, background. Backgrounds. Backgrounds. Is it in backgrounds? Yeah, it is, yeah. I'm looking at it now. Oh. Yep, yep. No, um my thing wasn't scrolling. Ah <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> you get one anarch. Awesome. Fun. This means you are now a known quantity among the Anarchs, and you are known as being friendly to the Anarchs. You have done them a favour and saved the lives of these Thinbloods. Any Anarchs who are sympathetic to the cause will regard you as trustworthy, and so whenever you have a social test against any Anarch, you may add that dot of status to the dice pool. Oh, isn't that lovely? We Late, are doing well. Yeah. Later that <laughs> night, yes. as you retire, as you finish your free time, retire to your beds, ready for the day's sleep. Barry, your phone, your phone beeps twice. Beep beep, beep beep. You pick it up, <laughs> and as the sun begins to rise outside, as the first rays of morning sunlight begin to sneak through the cracks in your boarded up window as the other vampires succumb to day sleep you still feel wide awake you grab your phone and there are two messages one from jackie one from damien the one from jackie simply reads thin bloods are secured they will be they will begin their journey to east chicago tomorrow i have told them your name barry archer and they will remember it the second message is from Damien. It simply reads, Banu Hakim snuck into the vaccination hub, found all of the virus samples rendered inert by the UV light. 
Prince Jackson has been told that the threat has passed for the time being. We now need only wait until the time is right to present Bartleby to the Primogen. Guard him well, <laughs> Damien. Let's have one. You have, you have prevented a purge of the city's thinbloods from taking place. Awesome. And I'm... Yep. Yep. I, I am very much looking forward to the next session where we get to go and sit and talk with these assholes. They're yes. going to be fun. Yes. And with that, we conclude the Gazing Abyss. The Abyss of Lake Michigan. The Abyss from which crawled the crawling tongue. Whatever it is. Is it the one and the same? As the terrifying birds... Seemingly watch your every move. There is much more to be revealed in the next episode of Vampire the Chicago Chronicles. Thank you everyone for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We will be back in two weeks for another episode. But we'll probably have a sub-episode or two before then. We really appreciate you sticking by and seeing our characters through their night to night undead we'll be back next week with some D&D &D. and keep an eye on our Facebook and YouTube channels to find out when the next Vampire the Chicago Chronicles sub episodes are to be released and if you haven't seen the previous episodes or indeed the sub episodes give them a try there is much more going on beneath the surface <laughs> Until then, remember, the crawling tongue watches you and waits for you to do its bidding. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Goodbye. everyone.